in the days before the event. He had the whole world wondering if he would show up. Plane after plane waited on the runway while he napped or took walks and ate sandwiches. Henry Kissinger called an axiom to go for his country's honor. Soon after arriving, he offended the Icelanders by calling their country inadequate because it had no bowling alleys. He complained about the TV cameras, about the lighting, about the table and chairs, and the contrast squares on the board. None of this had anything to do with chess, of course. Maybe it did. If he won, he'd be the first American world champion in history. On the 40th move of the 21st game, he counted Spassky's bishop to king six with the pawn to rook four. And it was all over. He came home an American hero. He bragged to the world he beat the Russians. He delivered. Then Bobby Fischer made the most original, unexpected move of all. seconds after the hour of 11 and it's the month of january in the year of our lord 2008 thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day we are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of am 970 solid state radio this my friends is the rick emerson radio program uh, it is friday and welcome to day 12 thank you for coming by it's 503-733-2970 503-733-2970 when i get on board with your comments your questions your clarifications your questions your two cents your what have you uh, Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. And Sarah Dillon apparently has a collection of forks that she keeps hidden in the back wall of the studio behind a curtain. I purchased 200 forks. Is it hey, they already? All right. Did you, is your hair wet? Yeah. Okay. I showered. Oh. <laughs> it is payday. All right. And well, they're all like little forks. I was like, I could get 25 you know, normal size forks for a dollar fifty, or two hundred slightly smaller flimsy forks for eighty nine. But those forks don't penetrate anything. Those forks don't even. That's it's like it's really bendy. No, those that. forks suck. Uh, I was at. Here's how I know because I was at the. Uh, I was at the food court, at Pioneer whatever that I can never Pioneer Place the mall downtown. I always confuse it with the thing in Seattle. But I, uh, I was there at the food court the other day and it fills me with shame. But I was walking. I was buying something or other. And I thought, well, I'm feeling a little peckish. I'll just go to the food court. Why not? And I always go to exactly the same place. Like everybody, I have a I have a food court restaurant that I gravitate to. And downtown in that mall is that horrible uh, Chinese place. I knew it. Right I by the bathroom. Say, you look like a Chinese food court eater. <laughs> exactly. Just like at Lloyd Center, it's always the Cajun Grill. Um, I always go for taco time at oh. Lloyd Center. Oh, no, but taco time is fine. But No, downtown, I go to that. It, and it's, it, it's right next to the men's room, which is where all you... That's where you find the best Chinese food always. Um, 
and I always get like their general chicken and the, like a thing, and it's and re, and you just feel terrible while you're eating it. It's not even like like Taco Bell where you get about halfway through it before it turns on you. This turns on you like one bite in. You're sitting and thinking to yourself, why am I eating this? My favorite thing is after you're eating with one of those plastic forks and you notice two of the prongs are missing. <laughs> Exactly. That's that's what I'm leading up to. Is So I'm sitting there eating the general chicken, which is basically just candy-coated, you know, like fat. And it, 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 after, like, the, the second or third piece, the fork is no longer able to pierce the side of the food. And you find yourself just jabbing at it with the blunted end of an eating utensil and realizing it's not working at all. So those forks prove wholly ineffectual at anything that has even the slightest bit of resistance. I know. I've eaten parts of them, too. <laughs> that, like, exactly. It, it breaks off, and you don't realize that it's gone until you've swallowed it. Exactly. Just as Tim was noting, and it's like biting into an apple and finding half a worm. You realize you've eaten ah. part of your fork and never even realized it. So think about that. Have you thought about... No. Uh, no, now listen. I'm just asking. I know this my is... My wonderful savings and my, you know, 125 extra forks I got? No, no, no. I was just going to ask you if you thought about... Maybe instead of buying 200 artificial forks, maybe buying a single real fork made out of, you know, metal. Oh, come on. Like, you do your dishes. Would you, would you bring a fork a to work every fork. day? It's a single fork. Yeah. Usually you could you have one well, fork. We're in here for hours, and then, like, the food dries on it, and then it's harder to clean, and then I don't really like the soap that they have here, and they have to use a sponge, and who's using the sponge before me? It's Are not, they sick? Do they have, like, little crusty things on the sponge? Don't pretend that you wouldn't make Richie wash your fork. You already make him bring you your no, food. No, I would not do that, And move your car. No. And bring us coffee, Kramer. No, no. I mean, really, what's one more task on the pile? I'm just saying this is, uh, I'm very happy with the amount of money I spent and the quality of my fork. Are those from the dollar store? No, I got them at Safeway. Okay. But that's a good idea. All right. Why, hello, it's Friday. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, if you would like to join us today about whatever, uh, it's 503-733-2970. The aforementioned Richie Bristol was standing by there in the uh, call screening booth. Prepared to pass along your observations. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a t at 970.am. Uh, coming up today, Bob Noodles Costantini will be joining us today. Uh, he is in Washington, D.C., preparing for, well, we got South Carolina, we have the Nevada caucus and the South Carolina uh, Republican primary uh, coming up. It's all very exciting. Super Tuesday, February 5th. I know. That's just, so it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. Super Tuesday, what, 19 different primaries? Yeah, tons yeah. of them. Uh, so Bob Costantini will join us about that. Uh, we got CNM radio correspondent Ed McCarthy joining us from the South about those nitwits that were taunting the tiger. One of them now admits to being drunk. The story gets better and better with every passing day. Yeah, I, I know their type. Oh, do you? Yes, I do. Excellent. Um, so first they were taunting, then they were drunk, then one of them was apparently armed with a slingshot. Uh, one of them won't ever be doing that again, and the others will probably think long and hard before they taunt anything ever. Uh, so we'll talk to Ed McCarthy about that. Uh, we have a snuff watch coming up today. Uh, we uh, teased it just there at the top of the hour. Uh, let's see, what else? Corpse watch coming up today. It's not, this isn't as interesting as it sounds, uh, but it is a corpse watch featuring Lindsay Lohan. It's not quite as gripping as the headline might make it appear, but uh, we'll get to that uh, later on. Scott Daly will be here with his review of Cloverfield, about which I have remained happily in the dark 
I know next to nothing about Cloverfield, and that's fine. That's the, I mean, he, he's going to give a spoiler-free review. But I'm going to try to see it in the next day or two so I don't get it uh, yeah, ruined for me. I have a bunch of uh, nitwits. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll continue to talk about the fact that Britney Spears has given us what must be described as the worst photograph so far in 2008. And I'm getting scorned for it. For publishing, for putting on your blog? You know what? I, I, you can't filter struggle. the news, Sarah. You have to give people what they want. That's what I'm saying. Like, every person that... You know that I told about it yesterday, last night when I was out. Every single person went home and they wanted to see it on you the internet. You know what? Your job is to pass along what the people wish to see. We can't be drawing fig leaves on things. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not our it is not our job to censor the news, Sarah. We're not Clear Channel. Our job here is to give people the news as it happens. Or keep playing the same headlines for three weeks in a row during your news breaks. Well, <laughs> or that too. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I got a pile of stuff uh, over here to my right that we'll try to get to um, today. And, uh, well, that's it. Um, that's it for now, anyway. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Jim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday. Well, those uh, three tiger attack victims were high, drunk, and taunting. They got what they deserved. Uh, you must now be a legal resident to get an Oregon driver's license. A Washington County man is arrested for digging a hole that looks like a grave. Okay. Uh, while you're t- speaking got, of uh, that. Let's see, we got an email from a listener who says, uh, My uncle's the guy that cut this guy, and I called the police and returned with a shotgun to my uncle's wife. I got the same email, yeah. Says, uh, it says, My uncle is the one who caught this guy in his way up our private driveway. Held him at gunpoint until I came and called the cops, grabbed a shotgun, and returned to help. He says, wrong place to dig a grave. We all carry guns out here. Good for you. Good for you. I think he doesn't want to be named. He doesn't want his name used at the moment, but uh, good for you, sir. We always like to see the citizens taking the law into their own hands. We strongly encourage that. Absolutely. The The armed citizen. Exactly. As it should be. A well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of liberty, sir. Yes. All right. Uh, Security guard steals a rich person's sculptures with the intent of selling them for scrap and is caught. That Hunt, Oregon mayor lady who posed with those racy photos, much to the chagrin of the townspeople, will be on 2020 tonight. Well done. Uh, I'll skip this headline because we have more on that later. Uh, no more bird toast. The transparent toaster is invented. And Brittany loses a movie deal. Excellent. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. In other news, Brittany apparently had a movie deal. All right. Uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello, and how are you? Hello. You look nice today. Thank you. I think because of the shower. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to put it that way. <laughs> yes. The scrubbing has served you well. Um. Yeah, I'm doing well. I went um, bike riding last night for the first time a in bike. months. A bike. What's that? A bike. A bike. That sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. You I don't really know. know what that is. Yeah. That's that thing with two wheels. It's not a car. Yeah, you used to ride that uh, sometimes. And it's never stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember that. Uh, it was really fun. I missed it. It must have been freaking cold, though. It was really freezing. But on, at Fred Meyer right now, they're having sales on. Uh, they're having a sale on those big uh, thin gloves. So I was totally bummed. Where did you one. Where did you ride to, though? Oh, oh, went to a couple bars. Of course. Yeah. All right. And my friend worked at this bar called. No, it's okay. That's what I do. I uh, know. I just should. I, I was going to go to a show, but then it was really expensive, and I could only get me on the list and not my friend. So. Um, I went to this bar called the East Burn, which is really super cool. It's on Burnside, and outside they have a heated patio, and they have swing chairs. So instead of chairs, they're like they're like chained to the ceiling. They're these really cool are they like front chairs. porch swinging? Kind of, but they're individ- Yeah, they're like front porch chairs, but they're individual swings. Excellent. Hey, so that was fun. Aaron has sent me a link to a titanium spork you could buy online. 
Apparently, it's a spork that lasts forever, Sarah. That'd be the end to all of your woes. But I'd still have to wash it. I suppose. Um, all right. That sounds like a woe. What did you do last night? Sit on the couch and do nothing? Yes. Yes, and it was everything I imagined it would be. So, uh, and the great thing about Lara being gone is that I have like 12 days before I have to clean the house. I have until she gets back from out of being out of the country. The, the, the house can just completely go to seed. I don't have to do anything. And in fact, because she and I have made the decision to, to hire someone to come clean our house a couple times a month, I don't even really have to clean the house this time. I have 10 days before I have to hire someone else to come clean the house. So it's uh, it's wonderful. It uh, It is all things uh, glorious and fantastic. All right. Uh, well, before we do anything else, let's get these calls. Uh, by the way, we want to thank um, Hans, Mike, and Mark. Oh, that's uh, so cool. Also, yeah. Jay. Uh, who uh, took us on the Portland tram ride yesterday. The tram to the hill and back down, which was righteous. It was. It was really cool. That was so cool. Richie has video of the whole thing. He's going to edit out some of the profanity that he insisted on using in the presence of the public. Was that the most embarrassing thing ever? So we're, we're, we're taking the tram up to the hill yesterday. We should say first and foremost, the tram uh, was great. I mean, it wasn't frightening as such. It's I mean, it, 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 on the, the way, way up, we took off. On the way up, it was a little weird. Tim and I are gripping the bar. Yeah. Like we're on a ride of Magic but Mountain. They, des- they decided to make it super fast for us. Yeah. Well, we didn't know what to expect. They they did. They apparently have the regular speed, and then they have the terrified, uh, uh, you know, tourist speed, and that's what they ran us. It wasn't like as scary as I thought. When it first starts going up towards the hill, and you're heading towards that post, it's a little freaky. But I mean, it was actually pretty good, all things considered. Um, but uh, those guys were really cool. So uh, so Hans, Mark, and Mike uh, were uh, the guys who kind of they showed us the. We got to go in the engine room. We got to see, see the, the, the sort wheel? of the guts of the whole thing. We got to see how it worked. We got to see the. You know, what are the huge cables that the uh, tram goes on, and then we got to go up to OHSU, the one walk wooden around. Wheel that holds it all together. Yeah, the one, the one like wooden peg in the wall that keeps it the entire It looks like something out of the Flintstones. It is pretty amazing. You expect to see like an aardvark running inside of it, going, "It's a living." It was, it was really it cool was, though. Yeah. It did seem very futuristic, but we're we're going up toward the hill on the tram, and there is what it's like a temple or a synagogue or something that you pass over, and I can't even. I'll have to clean this up for radio. But we're in the tram, you know, and it's like us, but then there's a bunch of just regular people, like people going up to HSU. We look down at the top of this temple, and Richie goes, hey, it looks like a big boob, except he didn't say boob. So that was a little awkward. And there awkward. are all these, like, OHSU All these, like, old OHSU people OHSU and, like, students. nurses. And, yeah. and they're all, like, smart. <laughs> like, Richie's like, hey, look at that. It looks like a boob. Uh, and then I inadvertently pointed out where Clyde lives. I'm like, look at that house right there. That's Clyde's house. So we'll have to take that out of the video, too. Uh, but Richie's going to get that all taken care of. We'll post it on the uh, net so you can see it. It was really cool, though. A little terrifying, but really cool. And then um, we got to, you know, walk on the sky bridge and everything. And so it's, uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty, pretty bitching. So, um, so that's done. I'm we walking can... the scariest staircase I have ever walked well, on. Oh, yeah. I wasn't about to walk oh, on no, that Oh, no, no, no. That's the thing is we take the tram all the way up to OHSU and then... You know, we're going to walk down into the engine room and see how it operates. And there are two different staircases. There's the Tim Riley staircase. And Which then I gladly took. The Tim Riley staircase is inside the building, so you can't see anything. Sarah and I went down the other staircase, which is basically just a staircase suspended out over the city, like 400 feet off the ground or something. That vibrates. And, nothing, and it's like see-through stairs. Yeah. And like just one rail, a handrail on either side. Like, oh, no. And it was oh another one of those God. things where you realize there's nothing stopping you from jumping. Like I could have just taken my life yesterday. Didn't, mm. but I could have. But And there are other scary things like that, that big tall tower 
Yeah. Th- there are ladders on that. Like, somebody's expected to climb oh, that. That's oh, that's the other thing. So if you've seen, if you all know where it's at, so the tram that goes from the bottom of the, the hill to the top of the hill, halfway up, there's that uh, uh, tower that looks like sort of a, a T. It looks, or it looks yeah. like a climbing axe, if you know what that looks like. But it's like a, like a T with a curve at the top. As you pass underneath that huge tower, halfway between the bottom of the hill and the top of the hill, as Tim noted, you see that there's a ladder on it. And that means that someone has to climb that thing. Not enough money in the world. No. No, No, F that. No, screw that. That's like when you see... um, No. That's like when you see window washers hanging off the Chrysler building. You're just like, no. No, thank you. I'm going to pass. Or when you see like... uh, like those blinking red lights at the top of television towers or radio transmitter towers, and you realize that some guys to climb to the top and change the light bulb once a year. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, so but those guys were really cool. They were all really great, and uh, it was it was really uh, cool. It was very futuristic, and and I might do it again at some point. Actually. I want to no, I want to do it again too. Let me know when you're going to go. Yeah. And um, that building on the spring that wasn't connected, that was. Oh yeah. You can tell about that part with the staircase. So the so the building isn't. Steady. It's wiggling the whole time as we're walking down the scary staircase that you can see 400 feet below you. I don't want to make it sound like the building's about to fall down the hill, but it's but they but well, they said it's a giant. But it spring. vibrates. Yeah, it's like the space needle. You know, the space needle during a strong wind, the space needle will blow from three feet from side to side, and it has to, or else it would just snap off. And so it is with that whole building on the hill. The whole thing just vibrates like a spring, or else it would shatter into a million pieces. Um, so uh, we want to thank uh, Mark, Mike, and uh, uh, Hans, as, and we also want to give a shout-out to James in London, who is Hans' friend oh, yeah. who listens Hi, to us James. online now. Hello, James. All right. So uh, it was a good time. Well, um, Jesus. Okay, before we do anything else here, let's see. Uh, tram. Let me hold on. Sorry, it sounded like Will Wheaton. Tram! Okay, uh, we've got these phone calls to get to in a second. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. It's Big Curtis. Hi. Hello? Rick, it's Big Curtis. Hi, you're on a bad speakerphone. No, I'm on a cell phone, my brand new cell phone I got for Christmas. My mom gave it to me, and one of the first calls I'm making is to the Rick Emerson show. You haven't made a phone call? I'm to finally talk to Rick, Tim, and Sarah. Oh, fine. Hey. Good. You don't you haven't called anybody since Christmas? Oh, my mom, to thank her for the cell phone. Uh-huh. Are you so on? I want to let you know that I woke up this morning with a song in my head, and it was about tasers. Uh-huh. You'd like to hear it? Sure. He goes, you're not going to tase me. No, you ain't going to tase me. You're not going to tase me, bro. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> that was a call worth waiting for. <laughs> he waited on hold for 14 minutes. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I'm not going to try and be as excitable as that guy. It's not possible anyway, so go ahead. Hey, so I just heard a story that the AP has already written uh, Britney's obit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, they have. I've got that right here, as a matter of fact. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Associated Press. Um, yeah, so the Associated Press admits they have uh, Britney Spears' um, obituary written and ready to go. And then here's the best the best part of this. Let's see, is this guy, uh, what is his name? His name is um, something, something Washington. I don't have his name. Oh, here we go. Well, I don't have his first name. It's something Washington for the Associated Press. He says, we're not wishing it, but if Brittany passed away, it's one of our biggest stories in a long time. We need to have it ready to go. We have to be prepared. And then here's the, here's the payoff. Washington also tells the magazine that the news agency has, quote, an extensive obituary operation and are constantly adding people. 
So there you go. <laughs> oh, so creepy. you know you've made it when the Associated Press pre-writes your obituary. That is the new, you know, that's when you, you're, you're one of the who's who. Yeah, that's solid. I, I was hoping that you guys could uh, kind of Emerson it up a little bit. How do you mean, sir? Right. Put something out there. I mean, do you think uh, we ought to write our own uh, competing exactly. obituary for Britney Spears today? Britney exactly. Spears, known for showing her vagina to millions. <laughs> something like that? That'd be perfect, Rick. All right, we'll get to work on it, sir. All right, thanks, Thank brother. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Uh, yeah, so, um, well, I don't even know where, if we should even do the Britney stuff now. We should probably just wait and do it all with one yeah. fell swoop. Although I will say this. Um, I have this MTV story, MTV News. So... I'm not trying to work blue, but if you heard the end of yesterday's program or if you've gone to SarahXDillon.com, there is this wholly horrifying photograph of Britney Spears. So there were these rumors that she was pregnant. <laughs> so there are these photographs taken yesterday where it does look upon closer examination like she's wearing a skirt. It's just pulled up. Um, but you can see her. It's just so horrible. You, how do I put this? You can see her white underwear. And it's clearly that time of the month. And she isn't wearing wings. So, she's not pregnant. I guess that's the good news <laughs> for all of us. Um, but here's how horrible it is. MTV wouldn't even say what the pictures were of. Listen to this. This is from MTV News. Britney Spears is not pregnant, as photos that have just surfaced online demonstrate. The singer had been photographed purchasing a home pregnancy test. Um... Whether intentional or not, though, the singer later provided further evidence that she would, would seem to confirm that she is not pregnant via a series of highly inappropriate photos taken by paparazzi as she left the kitchen clothing store Wednesday night. And then they don't even go on. You know what's gross? Because she was leaving the store, which means she was trying on things. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. But Why do you have to say that? Next time you go to shop oh. at Kitson. Oh, 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 oh. So MTV wouldn't... It's interesting that MTV, A, won't describe what the photographs are, but B, they must know their audience because MTV just assumes that everybody knows. MTV, like, won't show the pictures or describe the pictures, but they just sort of figure that if you're at MTV News, you are online a lot and you probably already go to TMZ or whatever or, or com, and you, you know, and you, you've seen the picture. Just awful. It is awful. Totally horrible. It is like a, a new low. Like, you just keep thinking that... It's that it's going to stop, and it um, never does. I'll get these calls here in a second if you're on hold. We'll get, but I have to say this. Here's how bad those Britney Spears photographs are. Yesterday, at the end of yesterday's program, we were talking to Timmy Ryan's uh, new gal pal, um, who was describing her adventurous evening with him, which involved like giving him a long background, which I didn't need to hear about. Um, I don't know why. Like I'd rather hear her just say that they like were humping. Yeah. Rather than like, and then I gave him a long background. You don't want to hear any of the sensual details. Like I, yeah, that, that's, that's and then a... I massaged her with oil. <laughs> On a bearskin rug. <laughs> um, that's Those are the, in front of a roaring fire. Like, those are the things I don't need to hear. Um, but we're discussing this whole thing with, with Timmy Ryan yesterday. And as we're doing that, I look over at Sarah, and Sarah's reading something on her computer screen, and I can't see Sarah's screen. The screen is, the back is, of it is to me. So I look over, and Sarah's mouth is literally hanging open, and you have the expression on your face. And when the, there's been a cleansing. The last time, yes, the last time you had that look on your face was when there was a, had been a big firing here. And I looked over, and I immediately was like, okay, we're going to go to break. Because I looked at your face, and I was convinced that somebody had been fired. Somebody like that we know. Because that was the look on your face. It's the, oh, no, there's been a terrible firing. And instead, it was a different kind of cleansing. <laughs> the, or not so much. cleansing of the uterine kind. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi. Uh, I've just got too much uterine lining. I have to get rid of it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson okay. Show. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, I have breaking news to tell you guys. Yeah. 
Uh, rude awakening in southeast Portland today, uh, 5.30 in the morning. Uh, we had the SWAT team next door, and the uh, percussion grenades went off right outside my window. <laughs> it was quite horrible. Excellent. Well done. Uh, who were they arresting? Do you know? Uh, yeah, the, the whole neighborhood, the whole neighbor got busted. Uh, the house, there was like <laughs> the you whole know, neighborhood. Sad, yeah, the sad thing was there was kids there and everything, but there was like three adults. And uh, we later watched the news, and I guess his brother lives on Powell and 168th, and they busted him at the same time. And I guess they were doing quite a big uh, drug ring of sorts or something. But I, I do like the idea that, that the whole neighborhood just got busted. <laughs> It wasn't the whole neighborhood, my bad. All right. Matt. No, I'm sorry. You had to be, how loud was it? Was it really loud? Oh, it was loud. There was two two big, huge bangs, you know, and the, the purpose of those things is, you know, to stun people. Yeah, for those a few concussion minutes. grenades. It's like a flashbang kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a gunshot or something. I was, I was hitting the floor, you know, and then I heard everyone running around and... They were yelling, you know, we got the house surrounded, nobody move. And I thought it was my house at first. <laughs> <laughs> and you're starting to think, what if, oh, God, did I hide my bomb? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all, all right. right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Ricky. Hello. Ricky. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm trying to learn myself about the uh, birds and the bees. <sighs> And you guys were talking about just like a week ago that you can be pregnant and bleed. That's totally right? what I was thinking, too. So what's the deal? How come no one's like, oh, well, she's bleeding. She's not pregnant. Well, what we were just... You're... Are we really having this discussion? Hold on. What is... Hold on a second. a learning program. Hold on. What is he asking, sir? Okay, so some women sometimes when they're pregnant don't know that they're pregnant because they Because they continue period. to have periods. Yeah. So you're saying it's not like... So she could still be so pregnant. hundred percent. She could be pregnant and skanky. Yes. Okay. And dirty. Well, and, yeah, so we and, don't... And so I think we're just hoping that there aren't going to be any more Spearses. We are projecting all of our wishes and goals onto her. So that's my first question. Yes. <laughs> well, I should say problem. But uh, the second thing is that I don't hear anybody talking about the fact that she doesn't think that she's like going to try to compare herself to like Janis Joplin or Jimi Hendrix or Kurt Cobain because she like was famous and then like got more famous because she killed herself because she's so crazy. But the fact there is that those people were talented. So you, this isn't really a question that you have for us. Well, the second part is not a question. So the this first is part you are questions for you to verify my uh, learning curve. The, of, uh, so you are the guy who calls and goes. Uh, I have one question and one comment for your guest. Baby making. Right. Baby <laughs> making. Baby making. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. He didn't seem very fun. I don't know where we went with that. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry? Thank you for taking my Totally. Call. That's exactly what it is. I have a question and a comment, but first I just want to say, Larry, that I've been listening for 15 years, and I think you're great. This is Myrtle in Long Island. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Rick, I wish I could... This email says, I wish I could muster up enough uh, peace-loving hippie inside myself to feel sorry for Brittany. I'm happy to report that I must be a badass because I don't feel sorry for her at all. It's just revolting. Did you read the interview the other day where she said that she, quote... Smelled bad. Combine that picture in your head along with that comment. Oh, lunch lost. Yes. All right. Um, well, let me just read a couple things here, and then we'll break, and we'll come back with Bob Noodles Costantini from Washington D.C. Later on, Ed McCarthy from Atlanta, uh, Tim Riley, and so forth. I'm just going to read these two quick headlines from TMZ. Uh, I'm not even going to read the Britney one. I'll wait. First of all, I thought Christian Brando was dead. Tim. Me too. I was convinced he was dead. So he got better, apparently, because he's in ICU. 
And only in the case of somebody like Christian Brando does being an ICU equal better, because I thought he died like a decade ago. I swear, if you, I would have sworn on a stack of Bibles this morning that he was dead. I mean, so maybe they've... Uh, maybe this is like a stem cell thing or something. Christian Brando in ICU, says TMZ, in bad shape, although better than being dead, at the Hollywood Presbyterian in the Hospital. Um, he was admitted on January 11th. The exact nature of his illness, apart from the fact that it's related to his deadness. Oh, I know what we're thinking about. Uh, he killed two people, but he lived. He was the gunman. That's right. He got convicted of manslaughter. Yeah. And he was released from prison in 1996. Okay. Manslaughter? I barely knew her. Okay, so he killed somebody? Two people? One person? Uh, his half-sister, Cheyenne's boyfriend. Cheyenne. Cheyenne. All right. Uh, okay, so he's not dead, but he's dying, apparently. So we got that. And then here's an awkward headline. Speaking of being pregnant or not, this is the most awkward headline of the day from TMZ, where... Uh, from whence all good things derive lately. Awkward headline with an awkward follow-up sentence. And then no further clarification. <clears throat> Pam Anderson, no longer pregnant. Uh, there are a couple of those today. TMZ has learned that the divorce between Pam Anderson and Rick Solomon has just gotten less complicated because Anderson is no longer pregnant. We've learned the divorce is definitely on, and there will be no child support issues to complicate matters. The end. So that's awkward. Did you hear about the other person who's not having a baby anymore? No. It's just it's just interesting, though, the way they... The way that they choose to... I mean, who's the other person? Well, my whole thing is... I'm going to tread lightly here because I don't want to uncork some hideous Lars Larson-type discussion. I mean, it doesn't, I'm just saying, in terms of journalism, it's interesting that TMZ has no problem reporting... That she's no longer pregnant, or that she is, she is pregnant, but that they somehow draw the line there. They're not going to explain any further, because that would just be invasive of her privacy. She's been unmothered. Seriously, I mean, she's unexpecting. So, they, I'm just, I mean, I don't even That's look. True. How I'm do you telling say you, that, you I, know? and I don't know the circumstances of it. I'm just saying that is a really. I'm looking at this headline. That's really. It's awkward. strange, though. I'm just saying, as an observer of. The media, it's strange that TMZ decides that it's just too much to reveal the means by which she no longer is pregnant. They have no problem reporting when people go to jail, when people have, uh, you know, any sort of ailments, when they're in rehab. People are spotted throwing up in an, in an alley somewhere. Somebody has cocaine on them. But, you know, they, it's just too much, though, to describe, you know, th that. Um, all right. Did you have something to say? Oh, no, I was just seeing if you knew what other... No, what other celeb... Wait, hold on. Another celebrity is recently unexpected? Well, yeah, except she didn't have an abortion. It was a miscarriage. Well, wait, you don't know that Pam Anderson had an abortion. Exactly. I wasn't saying except in reference to Pam Anderson. I was saying just in general. All right. Uh, okay, female, obviously. Um, television star? No. Music? Yes. Music, music, music. Uh, blonde? No. I say as though that's going to help me at all. Uh... Under 25? Yes. Jessica Alba? No. No, that wouldn't be music. Um, I don't even know who was expecting. You I don't will know. if it when I say it. I give up. Uh, Lily Allen. Oh, I didn't even know that she was expecting. She was like three or four months in. I guess she had a miscarriage. Oh, I don't really... Uh, I don't really Which is... Yeah, and it's, it's strange because I keep forgetting she's pregnant because she keeps getting photographed out, like, drinking and smoking. Like, drink, like drinking and... Like, she's still <laughs> smoking. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, all right, then. A little awkward. I don't know. It's strange. She just keeps guzzling wine and getting it out of hot tubs. 
All right, it's 503-733. Let's never revisit this whole first segment <laughs> She ever keeps again. visiting Magic Mountain. I don't know what it's all about. Uh, all right. I'm deeply sorry. All right, let's take a break. Back after this with Bob Costner. Couldn't you find somebody to buy you, like bring you some underwear? Wouldn't you just stay in the car and you go, hey, look, I need you to go to Woolworths and buy me some new underwear. See, and that's the only way that I do feel sorry for her because she's stupid enough to trust these people that she's hanging out with to take care of her. And right. they're letting all this, sta- this stuff happen. Like, they obviously had to see that. Yeah. Ew! I just thought of something. Yes. Because when they were shopping at Kitson, remember that story where uh, that ad man guy, her and him went into the ladies' changing right. room for 45 minutes and weird noises were coming from it? And stuff? Uh-huh. Why do you have to put things like that in my head? Thanks. I think, can we say, and then we'll talk to Bob Costantini, who's being horrified so by sorry, all this. Hold, I'm sorry, Bob. Can we say that this is the first time in history that this has ever happened with a female celebrity? I mean, I can't think, I mean, even Fergie only, like, wet herself. Yeah. I think this is the first time in history. What a sad, what a sad benchmark. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, from the hill. Hello, Rick. I'm a I'm a Britney free zone today. Hello, Bob. How are you today? How's life? How are things? Fine, fine. I'm Britney free. Yes. Well, it's. Uh, I'm sorry you had to hear that on hold. We it's, won't bring you into the conversation. You know what it's friend. like, Bob. This is like when mom and dad are fighting, and then the mom comes in and goes, "I'm sorry you had to hear daddy and I fighting <laughs> like that." I, this is. I'm sorry you had to hear Sarah and I talking about Britney's area. Um, I have uh, children uh, who. Uh, Hang on a lot of that stuff. <laughs> oh, the Britney stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, so uh, so we got uh, what the Nevada caucus and the South Carolina uh, Republican primary coming up, and so this is here's. I'm just going to tell you right now. Here's my dream scenario. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but in my in Rick Emerson's golden dream, tomorrow. I mean, when the South Carolina primary, if they could just pull. Yet another winner who hasn't won anything yet. In other words, if, like, Thompson could somehow win the, the South Carolina primary. You know what I mean? I love the idea of having it be Huckabee, then McCain, then Romney, then Thompson, then Ron Paul. I mean, it doesn't – it, it just wouldn't make me – I love the idea that there is just no front runner and that there's not likely to be a front runner anytime soon. But who who is favored to win right now? Um, it's – Considered to be between perhaps McCain and um, Huckabee, uh, Romney is close. Uh, it's, uh, recent polls have indicated Huckabee and McCain are, are vying for the first uh, for the top spot in South Carolina tomorrow. Uh, there's also the Nevada caucuses as well, but um, McCain, of course, is um, uh, lost in 2000. Uh, in a, uh, a relatively uh, what, what became a relatively dirty race down there in uh, South Carolina. Well, because this is where there was somebody was spreading the rumors that he yeah. had a mixed race illegitimate child or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and um, he's determined not to have any particular problems uh, with that kind of thing uh, uh, this time around. And it certainly is. Um, it, it's interesting because he is uh, a little less conservative than you might expect Republicans in South Carolina would want, uh, the, the, the whole Maverick label and everything else. Um, but it also shows that uh, Huckabee, with his uh, his tightness with Christian conservatives, uh, is uh, you know is a top contender in the South Carolina race. So it's, it could be very interesting. And uh, don't leave out Mitt Romney because he's there and. Um, uh, Fred Thompson, a Southerner who thought that uh, if he could 
finish first in South Carolina would keep him going in this race. It doesn't necessarily seem to be headed that way. It's interesting so. to see how the politicians, pardon me, how they sort of modify their comments as they go around the country, depending on to whom they are speaking. Because I know that the McCain... McCain called a bit of flack from the ultra-right wing because he was very stridently opposed to the flying of the Confederate flag. Yeah. And depending on where he goes, he either talks about the Confederate flag or he talks about the war or he talks about... He was talking about the the scourge of internet pornography or internet child pornography the other day. And, and Mike Huckabee's doing been doing the same thing where Huckabee's been rolling out these, uh, begin editorial comment, these insane remarks about uh, modifying the Constitution so it's in line with Jesus and insane uh, end editorial comment. Um, so it, it seems like if McCain wins there, it's going to be a bigger deal because he that was sort of his Waterloo in 2000. Um, is that correct, you think? Um, I would suggest that, yes. <laughs> uh, although, as you've uh, pointed out to a really... Uh, before you um, before I came on, uh, it is pretty much wide open in this Republican race because uh, we don't know how Nevada necessarily is going to play out. Uh, one would expect Republicans there aren't necessarily as conservative. Uh, this is a state, of course, that has gambling and prostitution and that kind of thing. So uh, I, 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 I just love this, really. In the um, CNN press room, is, is there an over-under on when Giuliani's finally going to be taken into a room somewhere and they're going to give him the talking to? Well, he's uh, he's waiting for Florida. He hopes that Florida will be his uh, it'll be his Waterloo one way or the other. In a lot of ways, I mean, uh, the, uh, or at least his stand is going to be in Florida. So it's 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 really just a lot of fun to watch this. You should start saying this. We've never had like anything quite like this, I think, in in my lifetime, or at least since I've been covering politics. I'm going to suggest this because everybody, including myself, we're all making the Waterloo analogy. I'm going to roll this out to you. How you feel about this? That it could be his. Wait for it. It could be his little big horn. <laughs> there you go. All right. It could be his. Oh wait, how about this? It could be his Alamo. All right. Yeah, you're not buying any of this. It could uh, be his penultimate stand. I mean, he just because in Florida, and we're kind of getting our head of ourselves here, but he he has to come in first in Florida after all this, or otherwise he just looks like a he just looks like a tool. I mean, right? Well, he can certainly, and then don't you know discount this uh, scenario, but he could certainly do very well on Super Tuesday. Uh, with New York, California, and a whole bunch of other states that might be more uh, in tune with the way Rudy Giuliani thinks, um, you know, he, he could do very well and come away with a lot of delegates to the convention. I don't, I mean, I, you know, uh, Florida is also a state that is bound to be more receptive to uh, Rudy Giuliani's brand of republicanism, uh, what with its number of, you know, uh, northerners who are retirees down there, you know, New York people especially. Um, but, you know, it's hard to say that if he doesn't win, he'd get out. It's just um, a money issue, though. It because... might be a wise thing to do, but uh, but I think, you know, Super Tuesday could certainly buck up anyone who's uh, who's in trouble right now. Well, because it effectively functions as a national uh, primary. And if you figure, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and if you figure when Super Tuesday comes, uh, which is February 5th, that if the candidates each have their own section of the country that they've kind of got, you know, they figure sort of in their camp, which means that they're basically going to have to go out almost on a state-by-state -state delegate hunt, which I think is unprecedented. Uh, yes, and it'll actually make uh, some of those states see presidential candidates a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it will be very, very interesting. Um, 
And it may even make, uh, as far as the Democrats and Republicans are concerned, if it's you know split in so many ways, it may make the states that follow Super Tuesday become important as well. All right, my friend. Big plans for your weekend? Big plans. Uh, no, actually, I'm working tomorrow and working Sunday. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's that's a weekend. I, I love to work. That's you know what it is. That's fun the Costantini way. That's fun the Costantini way. Yes. All right. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. Take care. There we go. Thanks. CNN Radio Bob! I'm so sorry he had to hear all this. I know, today was a Bob not liking you day. Nah, what are you going to do? Can't win them all. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Uh, I was quick suggestion uh, yes. for you, a little possibility about Brittany. Uh, because of the previous rumors uh, of her pregnancy and because of where she was, she was coming out of the clothing store, right? Uh huh. And because of the photographs of her state, is it possible she wasn't partaking in trying in, on clothes, but uh, trying hangers? Oh wow! Really? Oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> That's too soon, sir. Uh, All right, it's kind of funny though. Thank I, you. I, I did. I had yes. and I also one question She's for trying Sarah. on clothes, hangers. Yes. Hanger. Uh, uh, for a question for Sarah, when she went to Eastburn, did she go down downstairs at all? Yeah, but these people were hugging ski ball all night. So That's I what I was going to ask. Play. The, the ski, that ski ball is just bitching. I, I know, and these guys, we really waited for like an hour, and these guys just would not move, so and ended up oh, taking asses. off. All right. Oh, and one other warning. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I am no way suggesting that Sarah might have been uh, uh, hammered or anything, but you can get a Dewey if you're on a bike. Oh, I know. Oh, okay. All right. I've and, seen it happen. And, <laughs> and also on a tractor. Or a golf cart. Or a horse. All right. Thank yeah. you, sir. Sure thing. All right. There you go. Trying and close. Hangers. Okay. You've said that enough. It's funny. I'm, I, look, I'm not. It's it's horrible, but it's funny. I can't deny it. There is such a thing as black humor. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Wow. That's not black humor. That's uh, like the antimatter humor. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, I, you know, I don't pass judgment, sir. I simply vote thumbs up or thumbs down on things. Well, thumbs up, but that's awful, awful dark. Um, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I wanted to call and let you know that uh, in case you haven't looked at the paper today, your show, The West Wing, yeah, on sale at Fry's for nineteen uh, ninety nine a pop. Uh, seasons? Yes. Because I've only, I only own season one and season two uh, right now, and my season one actually, I this is totally my fault. It was fine, and then I scratched one of the DVDs by mistake, and I haven't. I tried to buff the scratch, and it hasn't quite worked yet. I'm gonna give it another go this weekend. So, uh, so uh, West Wing uh, fries, 19.99, not bad at all. And you have all this uh, this wifeless time to watch it. Wifeless time. That yeah. ought to be. That's a whole phrase that ought to enter the uh, the, the the guy lexicon. The wifeless time. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Thank you for the tip, my friend. No problem. All right, thank you. There you go. Uh, let's see. And unexpected. Hey, Rick, Hi, yes. Hey, what's up? Uh, well, we just got back from fries, and so I know it sounds bad, but um, hello. Hi. Yes. Hello. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, so far, my friends bought the most, over four hundred and ninety dollars per item when he came to buy one item. Wait, he? How much did he buy? Four, basically five hundred dollars worth of items. Well done. Congratulations. What What did he originally go there to buy? A hard drive. And and what else did he purchase while he was in the store? Uh, DVDs, uh, FM transmitter. Okay, by the way, it, it, I would like to address this uh, this call. I would like to bring this to the attention of Dave McDonald, our general manager. We, as Susan Reynolds and I were talking to him this morning, and we were, I don't know, just having this sort of wide-ranging conversation about, uh, you know, the sort of what we might loosely refer to as the geek culture and the geek community. And I was actually talking about fries, and I was talking about how fries was sort of 
Fry's was this microcosm of the geek world in that it was like everything unique. Because Fry, Fry's isn't just motherboards and wires. I mean, it's like it's it's movies, it's DVDs, it's video games, it's food, it's clothing, it's furniture, it's kitchen supplies. But it all targets like that geek demographic very specifically. So your friend goes there to buy a hard drive. Then what else did he? What else did he end up walking out with? Uh, well, uh, the DVDs, uh, flash drives. But the best item, the best item he bought was a USB humping dog. It's a humping dog that runs on USB. Yes, you plug it into your. Apparently, it, we. We saw it in the corner of the eye. It's 10 bucks. By the way, let me just say this. The last time I was at Fry's, they had a USB-powered uh, fish tank. And it was like a little fish tank, but then the lights and the, the filter and the everything was powered by USB. Also, I've seen it in Japan. I don't know if they have it here, but in Japan, there is actually a USB-powered toaster. So, there you go. All right. So, one of my best things was we're looking for the DVD section. And you know how they all, all, these, all these sections have uh, pictures of people... Who's supposed to help you? Yes. We, we glanced around the adult section, and there is a first specialist for that section. Of course there is. And he really just looks like one of those people that looks at porn all day. <laughs> just a buck-toothed guy who breathes heavily and giggles a lot. I don't know, but I just I, I, wanted, I wanted to talk to him just to see how much get out of Just to quiz him on pornography? I, I would do it. Just, just to ask fun. him, like, you know, ask him the difference between Jenna Hayes and Jenna, Jenna Jameson? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thank you, you sir. Bye now. Good day. All right. Maybe I've revealed too much pornography knowledge with that statement. Yes. Hi. Uh, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. This, ladies and gentlemen, from the town, CNN Radio Correspondent Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. Rick, how are you? I am good, my friend. How's life? How are things in Atlanta? Things are just fine. We're going to get a little snow, believe it or not. Uh, other than that, we're going to be good. In Atlanta. So first we get snow in Iraq, now it's snow in Atlanta. Really, we are entering the final days, my friend. Yeah, we've had it already. We had uh, had some the other night, but we're just trying to get through it, and we'll be all set. So they got you covering these, uh, these nitwits in San Francisco who... First, they, the story has had several iterations. First, they were just minding their own business, and a tiger leapt over the cage and it attacked them. Then they were heckling the tiger. Now one of them says they were drunk. We also heard that one of them was armed with a slingshot. Where, where are we now with these, uh, you know, with these guys and the tiger? Well, that's the thing. The affidavit says that they were intoxicated and they were taunting the tiger. Now, that's something we'll have to find out and see what happens when all this whole thing comes out. But we've been, you know, talking with some of the attorneys, and one of them that I spoke with uh, said to me that uh, it just doesn't seem as though that could go under the definition of that in in all instances. So we'll we'll just have to see how that how that whole thing shakes out. I mean, don't you just assume that anybody who is convicted, or, or how do I put this, anybody who is sort of wanted or spoken to in connection with a crime or an event, you always assume that they only give you 60% of the truth anyway, right? Especially if they were drunk, you, you figure that they always ratchet. Look, I mean, if a cop pulls you over for going 75, you always claim you were only going 65. If, uh, you know, if, if the cop busts you uh, for being a, a .09, you claim that you only had two beers. In other words, you always admit it, but you scale it down. So if the guys are admitting that they were drunk and taunting, you know that they were probably really drunk and really screwing with the tiger. That just seems likely to me. They uh, had some reports that, uh, from witnesses that they had a lot, a group of youngsters that were there that were taunting. Uh, it, it was more than one. So it obviously sounds like it was more than just three, 
uh, lawyer that I talked with today, did you hear the 911 tape from this whole thing? Yeah, we did. And uh, it was it took so long for them to get their act together right. to get to even find out where the place was right. and to get in there. So, you know, he said that his client, it wasn't his client, it was another one of the teenagers, said he really sounded like he was very coherent. If he was drunk, he sounded like he was coherent enough to say, you know, get us a helicopter because, you know, there's no ambulance coming well, here. I would imagine that being a, seeing your friend eaten by a tiger, that'll sober you up. and all. That'll, that'll bring some sharpness and clarity to your vision almost immediately. Well, that is a point well taken. There is no doubt about that. Yes. All right. Uh, big plans in the McCarthy household this weekend. Are you on the clock? Well, no, I've, I've got to run. I've got to go over to uh, tomorrow. I'm heading over to South Carolina. Ah, and yes. uh, I'll be working with Lisa over there. So we've got the uh, the primary, the Republican primary, and then we've got the Democratic debate on Monday night. What did she? Is it tomorrow that she said she's doing? I think it's either tomorrow or maybe it's on Super Tuesday. She's doing like some six-hour broadcast or something. It's, it's crazy. Oh, she's been working like a nut. She's uh, she's going every five minutes. <laughs> Be sure to put it to her exactly that way. Be sure to tell her that she's in fact working like a nut. Uh, uh, no, we have learned this though. The way to Lisa's heart is vodka, though. So I mean, when, when in doubt, always have a bottle of vodka, and you'll become fast friends with her. I don't think there'll be any time for that over at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hey, there's always time for vodka, Ed. All right, vodka and Jello. All right, uh, enjoy uh, your time in South Carolina. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks, Rick. Ed McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen, I love that guy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick, hey. Uh, the guy uh, that uh, was talking about fries and messed with the porno expert. Yes. Or the, what do they call it, the porno steward, I guess. Sure. Uh, I, I, it reminded me of something me and some friends did a while back. Get loaded and go in the uh, dollar store uh -huh. and keep asking the uh, employees for price checks. <laughs> then after a while, you just hold up a box, look at it, point at the box, and go, it, it, it's dollar, sir. That's funny. That's like that Letterman bit where he used to go into the. He found a store that was it was called like nothing but lampshades, and he would go in and ask for a waffle iron or something. So yeah, or I do like to go into like uh, brew pubs that have you know there uh, hundred kinds of beers and ask them, uh, do you guys got beer? Or what kind of beer do you have? I'm sure the servers love you. I'm sure. They, oh yeah. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure your food doesn't get rubbed in somebody's crotch before. It's yeah, that's you. like I'm the guy that's uh, like when the cash register is not working. Ah, it must be free, huh? Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Oh, boy. I started at that call liking that guy, and by the end, he reminded me of many customers I used to have to serve when I was in retail. All right. We should break. We'll come back. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth with the new news hour. Later on, we'll talk to uh, Scott Daly from Film People Radio about Cloverfield. Um, I had other things. Oh, I have all these other. I still have some more TMZ headlines to get to. Uh, back after this is the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970. Solid State Radio. Don't go anywhere. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. From Washington County comes word a man digs a hole that looks like a grave and gets arrested. Now, so far, no body has been found. And they really don't know what this person planned to do. Uh, the Washington County detectives are seeking information from the general public involving suspicious circumstances where a man was discovered digging what appears to be a grave. The man was arrested for trespassing, and uh, detectives need to determine if anyone associated with him is missing or if he is a danger. Did that, does it say, I mean, this sounds like a dumb question. Did they describe the hole except to say that it looked like a grave? Yeah, apparently so. It's just a rectangular hole in the ground? They, they got a 911 call in a rural area of northwest Washington County. The caller said he was holding a man at gunpoint after finding him digging a hole. Excellent. The deputies uh, responded and took the guy into custody. 
The caller was the caretaker of the property. As a matter of fact, we get a little email here. It says, uh, the person who sent this to me says, my uncle is the guy who caught this guy, whose name is uh, Ronald Carroll. He's 63. And I called the police and returned with a shotgun and my uncle's wife. Excellent. The guy was totally calm, uh, no matter how many times my uncle said he would shoot him if he had to. <laughs> well, it sounds like the uncle just liked saying that. I'll shoot you. No, I'm fine. No, really, I'll shoot you. I'm standing right here. So apparently... They found this guy, Ronald Carroll, behind a gate on private property. His vehicle was stuck behind the gate. The citizen had Carroll at gunpoint. Uh, further investigation reveals that Carroll was digging a hole. Experts detectives believe it could have been a grave. It measures six feet long, three feet deep. It varies between two and a half to three feet wide. That sounds grave-like. Uh, Carroll told deputies he was looking for evidence of Mount St. Helens ash. Uh-huh. Uh, he's been arrested and charged with criminal trespass two and criminal mischief three. But I mean, that is that a? I mean, it seems like with a guy like that, is that evidence? Is that what? What do they call it? Is that probable cause to go search the guy's house? I guess so. If you're digging something that looks gravy, it seems like they, you know, oh, you have plants. Sorry, <laughs> that's true. Or maybe you've just that's creepy. Well, the idea that maybe he just picked out somebody he didn't like and was just doing, you know, he was starting with Z and working his way back to A. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me just... Uh, so well, maybe you plan something this weekend. Here's the thing, though. Were it not for this listener of ours who actually apparently spotted the guy and held him at gunpoint or whatever, the, the armed citizen it is, is a hero. It's interesting. to th We always criticize criminals for not thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy who thought ahead and then just through bad luck might have actually been foiled. So, well, all right, there you go. So, so, so far, they can't uh, locate any deceased victims. Well, no, well he, which would stand a reason that they couldn't. It was probably, uh, it, was, but it was probably somebody he was. Uh, I'm speculating and now. Checked all crawl spaces. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that he'd killed anybody or that he was no. planning on it. I'm saying, if in a case like this he was digging the grave first, you figure that maybe he hadn't killed the person. Mm -hmm. In other words, you dig the grave. Because, look, after you've killed someone, that is the wrong time to begin thinking about disposal of the body. Unless it's a wood movie. Body disposal. Yes. Body disposal is one of those things that you need to think of first. I cannot stress this enough. Which, apparently, had this person thought of this, he, well, it would stand to reason, wouldn't it? That's what I'm saying. So maybe he had the victim, not this guy, but in a case like this, right. maybe he had a victim picked out, but then said to himself, wait a minute, let's not get carried away. What are we going to do once we've killed them? And then he thought, grave. And so he buried the grave. You know what it is? Here's the, is exactly what it's like. This is, you know, it's like decorating the baby's room before you have the baby. You got to have, you know, you get the, you don't, you don't have a baby and then buy the crib, mm -hmm. right? You buy yeah. the crib first. Maybe he was just buying the crib before he had the baby. Yeah. I think you know what I mean. But it's stories like this that make me wonder where else would I want to work? Hmm. And all the crimes here are committed by white people too. Every time. <laughs> that really is, uh, it's, the, it's the, the white cottage industry here in the Northwest. There's another white person. <laughs> this comes to us from Gresham, where there are some fine white people. Uh, they arrested a suspected bank robber just one block away from the crime scene. <sighs> Please uh, tell me he was sleeping on his girlfriend's hide-a-bed. Uh, no. Uh, Jack Christopher Birch the third. The third. Uh, handed a personalized demand note, which... Uh, Personal? Like, did it have... Like, did his name and address on it. <laughs> yeah. At the Bank of America. Zang. At 200 East Powell. Wonderful. At 4.20 yesterday afternoon. So after he demanded the money, he took off on foot. <sighs> Officers uh, spotted a person matching the description of Black Away and arrested Jesus. him. The note demanded money from the bank, and it was signed with Birch's full name and complete address, including <laughs> his apartment number and zip code. <laughs> Thank you. Drive through. He did fail to provide his phone number and date of birth on the note, however. Well, that'll show him. Or not. 
All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. How you doing? Hey. Hey, I uh, got a little interesting uh, Christian Brando story you guys were talking about. He's sick. Um, in the little town up in uh, up above in Kalama, Washington, uh, my aunt lives there. My grandma still re- resides there, but they live there for uh, my aunt lived there for about a year and a half or so. And uh, she was in the bar one, t- uh, you know, kept going to the bar. She's an alcoholic, of course. But um, anyhow. And, uh, runs into Christian Brando. Did he shoot her? And, no. <laughs> no, but, uh, they ended up dating for about a year. Your grandmother and... dated Christian Brando? No, 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 my aunt. Oh, okay. My aunt, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, ha- we have a lot of family parties and get-togethers, and he actually came to, uh, you know, probably two or three of them that we had over the year. And he was kind of a weird dude, but he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't real scary or anything like that or anything, but... Uh, they moved into Vancouver for a while, and, uh, you know, date and everything was going good, and then one day she came home from work, and he was just gone. And within about, I think, a month of that, he was married in, uh, back in L.A. So, so, so Christian Brendel lived in Vancouver with your, with your aunt? With my aunt, yeah. Yep, for about a year and a half. He lived in Klamath for a little bit, around a year. Tim? And then he lived in Vancouver with my aunt for about a year. That They dated for uh, about, a, about a year and a half or almost two years. And uh, actually, the cool thing was, too, well, it ended up sucking, but uh, Marlon, check this out. We were 20 days away from having a uh, Marlon Brando at one of our little family parties. He died like 20 days before he was supposed to come up here. Hey, he never got a chance to collect your stool sample. Never got a chance. All right. <laughs> that's great. Right, guys. Thank you. You bet. Bye now. That's like a weird arrested development thing, but I bet it, that sounds like one of those things that probably is true. Yeah. Like some Carl Weathers comes to live at your house sort of a thing. All right. They were probably getting ready to give him the key to the city. <laughs> probably. And now Christian Brando. Christian, it must suck to be a guy like that, though, in a way where... I mean, there's just like, what could you possibly do that would outstrip your parents' achievements? I think there ought to be some, you know, like those things at the park, like you must be this high to ride this ride. I think there's got to be things like if you are this famous, you, you may no longer have children. I mean, because when you, you, when you think about it, at a certain point, your celebrity becomes such that your children will never, ever, ever, ever escape it. Unless they just change their name and vanish completely. I mean, you think about like Madonna's kids and Michael Jackson's kids. I mean, there's just no way. They're just completely hosed from the get-go. Well, sorry. Oh, that mayor of the Eastern Oregon town whose racy photos appear on her MySpace page? Yes. you got to be on 2020 tonight, starting Excellent. at 10 o'clock. I'm a big fan of her. That's on K2. What is her name again? Her name is Carmen Gromquist. She is the mayor of Arlington, Oregon. All right. And she's, she's a hot topic. She's uh, she's the one who posed in the, uh, the bikini on the fire truck or whatever? Yeah. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, police, uh, wanted help in finding a mom angel man who went for a drive and did not return. Well, apparently they found him. Uh, 79-year-old Daniel Lanville was going to drive to the mountains to take in the scenery. Well, they found him stuck in the snow in his car. He was slightly confused and dehydrated. He did not have food or water, dressed in light clothing only, no hat, gloves, or blankets. He left to enjoy a beautiful day of, uh, sightseeing, but became stuck in the snow, which is going to happen to everybody. Uh, the Oregon Transportation Commission has adopted new rules regulating the issuance of driver's licenses. Under rules that take effect February 4th, applicants must show proof of residency to get an Oregon license. When a customer comes to the DMV to apply for a first-time renewal or replacement card, the DMV will electronically verify the Social Security number provided, which they were doing before. Well, how do they do that, though? 
How do they electronically... Okay, let me ask you this. If I just show up at the DMV, uh-huh. how do they electronically verify my social security number? I don't know, but they had mine when I renewed something. But, I mean, can't I just... It, 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 when they say electronic, you know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like the government trying to uh, use fancy talk to disguise something that everybody else has been doing for like 20 years. Lowry language. Well, yeah, I mean, when I when they say electronically verify, that means I give it to them and they punch it in a computer and see if it's real, right? Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, okay. That's not, I don't really know that qualifies as, I don't know that picking up the phone and calling a file clerk who looks up my number counts as cutting edge technology these days, but that's okay. So how else do they verify? Like, what is proof of residency? If I don't have a driver's license and I show up to get I a driver's a license, utility bill maybe. So yeah, a bill. Anything yeah. from? Well, that seems really easy to fabricate, though. Doesn't that seem much easier to to uh, counterfeit than a license itself? I suppose, but who would go through the trouble, really? Somebody who wanted a driver's license. I mean, what, who goes through the trouble of making counterfeit driver's licenses? Oh, that's true. It seems like if you can counterfeit a driver's license, it's much easier just to print out something that looks like an electrical bill that has your name and uh, address on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean to be giving ideas to thieves, but again, they probably don't need my ideas. All right. So if you do not have a Social Security number, you may still uh, apply for driving privileges or an ID card. So that's that. So I don't know how they're going to do that anyway. Uh, oh, this is nasty. A man, it's from the Couve, too. A man convicted of raping a blind woman in the Couve after yeah. following her to her apartment has been sentenced to 23 years in prison. That's not quite long enough. Uh, the sentencing of 38-year-old Bert Lee Widmer... Uh, happened yesterday. Southwest Washington Medical Center nurse testified that the the woman had a uh, swollen face and bruises on her neck, Ugh. upper chest, and arms. Well, all right. He was serving time in Nevada for possession uh, of methamphetamine and a stolen car when his DNA was matched in Not the Not enough time. No. Uh, oh, here's the story about the stolen sculptures. Two people have been arrested in connection with that of a late uh, a rich person's sculptures, and it turned out to be an inside job. Last month, several large sculptures were stolen for the property of Gene Bollum, one of uh, Portland's most uh, generous people and a patron of the arts. Police said the idea all along was that somebody stole the sculptures from the property, was not interested in art, but in the money that they could get it, they melted the pieces down for scrap. Who would think like that? Well, apparently the security guard allegedly did. Uh, they recovered some of the pieces and arrested Catherine Michelle Landre and Rodney Remick. According to police, the two have been dating for several years. And Laundry was an employee of Harbor Securities, which provided security patrols for the property owners when the theft occurred. So it's an inside job. According to police, Metro uh, Metal Recyclers and Rivergate Recyclers helped the investigation. Oh, by the way, we've got this, uh, the guy who called up earlier and said he was woken up by flashbang grenades going on outside his window. Mm-hmm. This is from Fox 12. It says, a special emergency response team at a Portland police detective searched a home in southeast Portland on Friday. Several neighbors reported hearing flashbang grenades as the third officers cleared the home at 5 a.m. Undercover officers and DEA agents spent the morning searching the home and, wait for it, a trailer parked outside. Um, serving a narcotics search warrant. Uh, southeast 160th and Powell Boulevard. So there you go. All right. That's a beautiful name. I might need to move farther away than I thought. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Hello. What's up? Hey, uh, the DMV has a direct link to the Social Security database. Uh-huh. That's how they look up your Social Security number. When they look it up, it comes back with if it's a valid Social Security number and a description of you. How so does it... somebody else say a, uh, you know, a 19-year-old Hispanic man is trying to use your Social Security number, they know it's fake. How does the Social Security Department know what I look like? Because your description is registered uh, cross-linked to your birth certificate. 
So, but if somebody my same age went in and used my social security number, they could conceivably pass themselves off as me. Yeah, uh, possibly. I know I've had like three hits on my social security number from people trying to use it to get a DMV license. That's weird. I always thought the deal was, uh, well, maybe they don't do this anymore. I always heard that the way that thieves did it, uh, and maybe this is outmoded now. I always heard that the way they did it was they combed uh, death certificates looking for. Uh, people who had died who would now be about the same age that they were. So, in other words, I would go through and I would look for, you know, and they would go to, like, they would look for, like, children or whatever, but somebody who died young who would now be, like, my same age, and then I would just adopt their identity. Um, yeah, I know that people used to do that. I do know now that they just, uh, people who sell Social Security numbers just go online, make sure it's a valid Social Security number, and just sell it. Weird. So, I, if you're in the, if you need one... For a because you're not legal or anything else, you can get anybody's social security number. You just use it. Well, fantastic. Duly noted. All right, thank you. you bet. Bye now. Uh, all right. It, it, it must be so much easier to be a criminal than it is now. It's got to be hard. I, don't you kind of feel bad for criminals who were born like in this? You know, like master criminals who were born in this time period? I feel bad for kids who want fake IDs these days. Totally. That's like, uh, My friend Kelsey and I were talking about that the other night. Like, they scan them. They do everything. I mean, my God, I had an old ID that I... Like can homemade? I talk about this or will I get in trouble? I think the statute of limitations is... But the state's got better. You can talk about some person you know. Some person. Okay, there's a person legally distinct from me who took a... Um, I. I mean, this person took a razor and, like, cut out an old picture <laughs> and then took a picture of the other person and then put it in there and then, like, literally went to Kinko's and had it relaminated and that person went to, like, every bar in Seattle on well, Broadway. Course, no, the Kinko's, what does the Kinko's person care? Can you laminate this? Sure. Here you it go. The worst Don't we even have a laminated it? machine here? We do. We can make them here. Ooh. Attention, Susan Reynolds' children. Uh, well, I mean, I, had the, I didn't even do that. I just went to an ID place in Spokane. And I said, uh, I said, uh, and of course I made up, and I went to get the fake ID with some friends of mine, and of course it was like full on, it was like straight out of super bad. I go there, and of course, I was I think 18 at the time, or just turned 18, and I wanted the ID to say I was 21, of course, and of course like a like a retard. How how old are you? And I write the ID so it says I've just turned 21, which everybody does. In a way, it's almost more believable if your fake ID says you're like 30. I mean, if you say the ID, if you set the ID to make you look like you just turned 21, like that's the biggest red flag on earth. You know, you, like if you walk into a bar with an, you know, an obviously fake ID that also says you just turned 21 yesterday. Mm -hmm. So my friends and I, though, had this whole idea that the guy wouldn't give us the fake ID if we didn't have a plausible reason for needing it. Of course, when you look back now and you realize that was some guy named Smitty who sat there in a wife beater and his boxer shorts cranking up fake IDs all day long and saying things like, use guys. He doesn't care. But I'm hoping of like, oh, I was just mugged and they took all my ID. I better buy a new one from you. My name is, you know, whatever. Um, and I mean, it was so, it was like, I wish I still had it, but I think I threw it away. I think I threw it away when I turned 21 because I didn't want to be pulled over by a cop and inadvertently give him the fake ID by the side of the road. So I, I wish I'd kept it. It was so bad. I mean, I could have made a better one at home. I mean, five minutes at a Kinko's, I could have created a better ID from scratch. It was so unbelievably unrealistic. I bet Tim never had a fake ID, though. No. <laughs> I still have one yeah. of my fake IDs. Well, well for one thing, 
Uh, the age back in my day was 18, where I lived. To drink? Yeah. It oh. was 18 in, uh, actually in Idaho it was 18 up until not too long mm. ago. Fair, fairly recently they changed that because, or no, 19, I think. I mean, you're going to give some people some joy that it's snowball for six months and can't go anywhere. Everybody in, uh, in Washington, they would, uh, they would drive to Moscow, Idaho to get loaded because I think you could drink at 19 or something there for a long time. So we never had that. Yeah. That was the most dangerous road for years. Totally. Oh, it was like a... Like between mo- the eight miles between oh, Moscow and Pullman? Death race, yeah. you got to bring your fake ID in. Okay, yeah, it's my friend Ruth, actually, and um, what we did is she did her hair, and I did all of her makeup to look exactly like me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have it at home. I'll bring it tomorrow. Fantastic. All right, Monday. You must see it. Tim Riley. Well, listen to this. This is the world's greatest invention in the longest time. A burnt toast will soon be a thing of the past, thanks to the world's first transparent toaster. That's a great idea. This new concept is a glass toaster. It lets you see the bread as it browns. I've always wanted to see that. Well, you know what? And why do they see? You know what it is? I hate to go back to the Ron Popeil discussion the other day. This is this is exactly the kind of thing that Ron Popeil specializes in because it is an amazingly simple solution to a nagging problem mm-hmm. uh, that nobody ever figured out. The, the, the solution to so many of mankind's ills, it's not anything complex. It's something really obvious, but it's only obvious once you think of it. You go, aha, of course, a glass toaster. Which is also cool. I think I might buy one of those just, like, to have it. So the idea is based on transparent heating glass technology and the idea that the glass heats up enough to toast the bread. It means you can keep your eye on your breakfast and eject the slice the moment it turns the perfect brown color. I want a glass washing, like a, like a dishwasher, so I can watch the dishes be washed. I'm sure you get that. Well, they have one of the stores. Like, if you go into the department stores, you can, they'll have a, a glass-fronted uh, a dishwasher so you can see, like, the whatever, the spraying action or whatever it is. But I actually want one of those just, like, to have. I, I'd like to have a, a kitchen of entirely transparent, uh, uh, like, appliances. Uh-huh. I think that's going to be my new goal. Uh, what else do I have to tell you? Oh, should I save this for later? I'll save this for later. Well, let's talk about uh, Tom Cruise for a minute, shall well, we? Now I feel tantalized. Mm-hmm. I right. did that purposely. Okay. <laughs> Uh, actor Tom Cruise and fellow Scientologists are in the video that has appeared on the Internet touting themselves as authorities on the mind. The Church of Scientology says the video was originally shown at a 2004 meeting. And uh, he also enthusiastically speaks about a word without the Scientologists referring to the SPs, which are suspected persons. Whatever that means. I don't know. What? I don't understand anything you're talking about. I know. Let's go back here. With the theme music from Mission Impossible playing in the background, Cruz is heard saying, quote, It is a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist. He also enthusiastically speaks about a world without the Scientologists, referred to as SPs, su- suppressive persons. Oh, that's, uh, that's us. All right, let's look. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, what a beautiful thing, because maybe one day it'll be like that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe one day it will be that. Wow, SPs, like, they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? Creepy. Oh, my God. He wants us to die. Did I say death camps? I'm at happy camps. Tom Cruise wants us to die. Tom Cruise wants us to... Did you hear that? This just in. If we're not with him, we're against him. Uh Uh-oh. Something must be done. Well, okay. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard this part of it, but Cordon well, Fatboy. The history books. <laughs> the dustbin of history. Uh, Cordon Fatboy isolated part of that video where apparently he just begins cackling like a madman. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, I haven't seen that, but I couldn't bring myself to watch the whole thing because that entire video uh, is just—it's just giggling, like him staring at the camera, looking crazy, and then going, "Wow, bang, chow." You know, like pointing, like doing the finger pistols and going like, pow, wow, zang, like that, and then saying something crazy. So there you go. And then he comes out on stage and salutes L. Ron Hubbard and everybody freaks out and we're all terrified. Yes. 
Uh, Mitt Romney has verbally clashed with a reporter when the former Massachusetts governor said there were no lobbyists running his campaign. The reporter took issue with that remark. I don't have lobbyists running my campaign. I don't have lobbyists that are tied to my... That's not true, Governor. That is not true. Ron Kaufman is a lobbyist. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said, Glenn? You don't have lobbyists running your campaign. I said I don't have lobbyists running my campaign, and he's not running my campaign. That reporter's going to get roughed up. (laughs) That reporter's going to be taken out back and shot in the head by the day night. As he continues... Listen to my words. Listen to my words. That's semantic. Running your campaign and giving you advice? Come on. So there. Man, it doesn't matter. He's not going to win anything anyway. Much to my wife's chagrin, he will be elected to nothing. Well, look who's still running for president. John Edwards. Who? John Edwards. Uh, He talked about this uh, woman he met. They're always meeting these... Oh, God, please, please tell me this isn't... We're fighting this fight for a lot of people. We're fighting this fight... For Myrtle Harbank. She's a woman I met, and, and then blah, blah, blah. She works 19 hours a day no, in a mill is... and had to sell her bone marrow to feed her. That's close. This is uh, Nataline Sikarnin, who uh, died oh, because she is... couldn't... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can it, can it, can now... It, it's... Get, I hate okay, to guess what's happening. No, no, no. Uh, I have to ask, where is he giving this? Is it on the stump? It says here in Los Angeles. Uh, in front of supporters, presumably? Yes. Because I, because he here's the thing about John Edwards. He gave exactly the same, like, word for word. He gave the same speech uh, after New Hampshire as he did, God, was it in Iowa? I think it was in Iowa. He gave, like, word for word the same speech, and he said, this, what is her name, Natalie Zakaraway or whatever? Yeah. He goes, we're fighting for Natalie, I, I only have the one voice, uh, we're fighting for Natalie Zakaraway. Natalie Zakaraway had a degenerative liver, I think, disease, and she was told by the insurance company that they wouldn't cover it. People wrote, people picketed. There was pressure put on the insurance company, and the insurance company finally reversed their decision, but it was too late. Natalie Zakaraway had died just hours before. Let's play it now and see if that's anything like what he says. Anybody who says to me, I'm supposed to sit at a table and negotiate with those people? Never. We are going to stand up. We are going to fight for the American people. Oh, this is not totally different. This is a perfect example of why we so desperately need a president who will fight for you. Okay, so I've done the speech, and that was then that, that's what he said right after it. Then. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, Golf Week editor Dave Senor says the image of a news on the cover of this magazine is exposing a weak spot in the sport of golf. I'm kind of glad it's coming out to the forefront, and there is some dialogue out here. And, you know, let's keep talking about it because it is an issue that golf needs to address. What? That golf needs was, to address? Unfortunately, he was fired. What are we talking? Oh, this is the lynching thing. Yeah, yeah, the lynching in reference to uh, golf star Tiger Woods. There were no African Americans. Uh, we do not have any on our editorial staff. We have in the past, but we don't currently. Who comes and, out and um, says that? I think that made us almost hypersensitive to that. He was fired. Who, <laughs> who comes out and says, this just in, we have no black employees? Well, all right. Um, so this is because the, let me understand this now. So there's the the anchor on the golf network, who even knew that existed, who said that the other golfers ought to take Tiger Woods out and lynch him. Yeah. Which is, you know, like that wasn't bad enough. Then Golf Magazine does a story about that comment, and their cover is just a big noose. Yeah. So, on the cover of the magazine, right there, the cover of the magazine is just a huge noose. I mean, called cut in a noose. Do they not have an editorial board who sort of reviews, I mean, well, whatever. All right, well, now he's been fired. Well, I guess they do now. <laughs> well, there's always work on the Imus show. Well, yeah. That's true. Well, let's talk about these uh, near-do-wells from the San Francisco Zoo who were attacked victims of the tiger. 
One of the three victims was intoxicated and admitted to yelling and waving at the animal while standing atop the railing of the big cat enclosure. Hey, you, you're not so tough. Uh, Paul uh, Dallywall, uh told the father of Carlos Sousa, who was killed, that the three yelled and waved at the tiger but insisted they never threw anything in its pen sure. to provoke attack. Mm -hmm. As a result of the investigation, limbs. police believe that the tigers may have been taunted and agitated by these uh, eventual victims. Police believe this combined factor uh, contributed to the tiger escaping from its enclosure and attacking the victims. Uh, Susan's father uh, said Dallywall told them that the three stood on a three-foot-tall metal railing a few feet from the edge of the tiger moat. Uh, when they heard a noise in the bushes and the tiger jumped out of the bushes, well, they tried to get away. Police found a partial How did that work out? Not very well. No. Uh, they said nobody was dangling their legs over the enclosure at all. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, toxicology results for Dollywall showed his blood alcohol content was .16, twice the legal limit for driving. Well done. His 24-year-old brother, Kilbur, and Sousa also had alcohol in their blood, but within the legal limit. All three had smoked marijuana. Uh, Dollywall told police that the three had smoked pot and each had a couple of shots of vodka before leaving San Jose for the zoo on Christmas Day. Police also found a small amount of Mary Jane in Kilber's 2002 BMW, a spoiled child, which uh, the victims rode to the zoo, as well as a partially filled bottle of vodka. Investigators also recovered messages and images from the cell phones, but apparently nothing incriminating in connection with the tiger attack. Uh, so those brothers painted a completely different picture to the public and the press, really? say the zoo people. You think? It's starting to come out that what they said is not true. Uh, go figure. Hi, here on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Mike. What's up? So... Back to the fake ID thing. Yeah. I had a buddy who used to charge a hundred bucks for a fake ID. Mm-hmm. And he worked for a large printing company in Portland and his cousin worked for DMV. Did it rhyme with did, did it rhyme with Plinko? No. Okay. No. Uh the reason he charged a hundred bucks was because this was back in the day when they had the gold uh Oregon printed across them. Right. And so they were completely legit looking because he had the laminate with the gold Oregon on it. And from so his cousin who worked at DMV. Right. And if you have that, you can kind of uh, you can kind of write your own check for that. <laughs> well, yeah, we got like fifty bucks, or no, we got like twenty-five bucks per ID because we let him use our apartment for his <laughs> thing. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so freaks and geeks. Seriously, well done, sir. The youth of thank America, you. thank you. All right. Uh, well, Aaron points something out. Wait. Does he say not use his name? No, well, too late now. Um, no, I was actually, I was reading that too, and that's very smart. Well, you know, my wife uh, just had to get uh, her driver's license renewed or whatever. And, you know, the, have you seen that thing where they, they give you, like, a temporary license now, and it's just printed on, like, it's just printed on, like, a scrap brown, of brown, brown paper? paper. Hmm. And, it and it's just like a bad, um, it's like a bad Costco card picture of your face. And it's just literally, it's just like, it looks like it's just been typewritten on a piece of brown scrap paper, like grocery bag paper. Uh, and it just, it doesn't have a real photograph. It's like a black and white, it's like your photograph done in that stuff they do fingerprints with. I mean, it looks, it's, it's absolutely fakeable. So, it's all very confusing. Here's Why not get one for yourself? Yes, do it today. Uh, Dr. Phil says he regrets publicly commenting on his visit with Brittany during her brief hospital stay. The talk show host tells USA Today in the statement on the matter. He said, quote, uh, regrettably, I was not helpful to the situation, unquote. He adds, quote, I definitely think if I had to do it again, I probably wouldn't make any statement at all. Oprah, please don't fire me. Unquote. Mm -hmm. After his visit with Spears at the request of her family, he publicly said the pop star was, quote, in dire need of medical and psychological intervention, unquote. 
A complaint has been filed against a talk show host with the California Board of Psychology. It reportedly accuses Dr. Phil of practicing clinical psychology without a license when he visited Spears and violating doctor-patient privilege by discussing that visit with the media. In your face. Dr. Phil has never, ever been licensed to practice in California. He tells USA Today he went to the hospital as a, a friend and an ally of the family, not as a psychologist. No. So mm. that's that. Uh, this guy, uh, this email says about the Britney Spears photo. Rick, it does look like Britney is wearing some sort of red skirt in those photos. At least she color coordinates. Is that me? <laughs> I think so. I have no further comment on Amy that. Amy Winehouse cries, I love you to her jailed husband. She appeared in court today to face charges of assaulting conspiracy, and the trouble singer blew him kisses and whispered, I love you. As he was oh. turned away. <laughs> Creepy. Blake Fielder Civil is the accused of attacking a pub landlord and then later conspiring with him to withdraw mm. as a witness to the case. Uh, Fiedler Civil. That's a strange name. <laughs> Fiedler Civil? Really? His name is Blake Fiedler Civil. Meet the Fiedlers. He was uh, pleading innocent to a charge of assault. He's expected to uh, plead February 29th to a charge of perverting the course of justice. Fiedler Civil. Mm-hmm. A 24-year-old like British singer-songwriter. Natty Tiswell woman we had on the news the other day. She had newly platinum blonde hair looking bedraggled. She came to her husband's <laughs> support at the hearing, blowing bed-raggled. kisses and yelling out, I love you, handsome, gorgeous one. Then addressing reporters, I'm not talking to you. I'm going to start saying bedraggled all the time. Doesn't that sound great? Mm-hmm. That actually sounds better and more accurately descriptive than bedraggled. She's a poor woman's Britney. She, well, she's Britain's Britney, right? But, but, she is. but with even fewer songs. Mm-hmm. Like with, she, with really only one hit. Uh, so, well, there you go. Winehouse has been known for her black hair and massive beehive hairdo. Last month, she was photographed walking outside her London home wearing only a bra and jeans and no shoes, looking distressed. And she's not all that attractive to begin no. with. I mean, she they really... Do better than that. Yeah, I mean, they have to, like, really, like, keep her stitched up tight to keep her looking presentable in the best of circumstances. All right. I was trying to play the remembering Lacey thing, but it doesn't seem to, uh, it doesn't want to play for some reason. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, it's Peter from Nickel Arcade. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, Let me uh, wait. Hold on. This is about fake IDs. It is well, no, not not necessarily, but it is about IDs. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I work for a lot of different places, but one of the things I do is um, I do in-home care for a guy who has Parkinson's disease. Uh huh. And we just were at the Interstate DMV today, like renewing his ID, and there was a uh, a really really sketchy like messed out looking guy uh-huh. who um was at the counter. When we were kind of doing the thing, and he was getting his t- temporary picture, which is just printed on, like, cardstock. It's, like, the cheapest thing in the world. Right. Um, but there was this guy who just started screaming in Spanish because they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't give him an ID because he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a citizen. Right. And so, like, the first day, and he was freaking oh, out. Oh, that's right. So that just went into effect. So everybody who has sort of been told or has sort of heard that you can go in and get a license without being a citizen, today is the day of the rude awakening. No, no, I know. But the best part was the guy started screaming in Spanish. And three other people just stood up and walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 that's awkward. It was fantastic. All right. Hey, did you hear that you're big in the cosmic bowling world? Uh, I did not. Uh, so a friend of mine, uh, her daughter was doing cosmic bowling the other night, and apparently somebody who was whoever was in charge of the bowling alley was just playing the Vodka and Heaven song over and over and over again. That's fantastic. There you go. Your legend continues to grow, sir. Speaking of which, uh, February 10th at the Satyricon, come see it.
There you go. That <laughs> sounded a little gay there at the end. All right, uh, that's uh, Peter from Nickel Arcade. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. A Hillsborough man will spend two months in the pokey on charges of extortion. They say Andrew McIntyre and another fellow identified as Nicholas Hater were posting fake personal ads on Craigslist. The ads claimed to be written by a married woman who wanted to meet a married man. So when the married man responded to the ad, McIntyre and his partner told the man, pay them $1,000 and we're going to tell your wife. The victim called police and set up an undercover sting, and the two men were arrested. In your face, the end. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back after this. More from Tim Riley later on. Uh, Scott Daly with his Cloverfield review. Uh, we still have uh, a snuff watch to get to, uh, corpse watch, and uh, much more hilarity and whimsicality to come. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Friday. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> That's genius. Wonderful. Right. Oh, he scares me. <laughs> Somebody ought to make like a Tom Cruise, like talking, like you pull the string. And it just it jumps up and down on your sofa and goes. <laughs> Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It is Friday, coming up later on. Scott Daly with his Cloverfield review. Uh, we'll try again to give away this copy of The Ten. A laugh-out-loud comedy <laughs> starring Paul Rudd, Winona Ryder, and Jessica Alba. I'm laughing just thinking about it. I'm laughing thinking of the fact that it made $746,000 total in its nationwide box office release. Uh, we'll try to give that away again later on. Uh, here, though, is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Oh, uh, speaking of that... Uh, how come I can hear... Oh, now I can hear my... Speaking of that motion picture, that uh, Cloverfield... Yes. That uh, Star Trek, what is it, 11 teaser trailer that's playing right before you? Is this the... This can't... This isn't the 11th Star Trek film. I believe so. Okay, hold on. X-1 Star is Trek... 11, is it not? Yes, but I mean... Okay, Star Trek, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, uh, Quest for Peace. No, that's no, that's not it. That's um, the Voyage Home, um, the Undiscovered Century or whatever continent, Final Frontier, First Contact, Nemesis, Insurrection. Okay, no, you're right. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, I found the teaser trailer somewhere that's playing before that movie. I put it on my website. Is it good? No, it isn't. <laughs> and let's all go there now, then. All right. Meanwhile. A national search is underway for two lovesick teens who ran away from home with their Xbox, the family dog, and the minivan. The Detroit News reports that 15-year-old Gag Petherbridge... Gag? Gag. G-A-G-E. Gaggy? Petherbridge. <laughs> Gag. What was the last woman's name in that last story? I don't remember. Natty Kiswell. And then before the break, we had that woman. Her name was... Zebby Tetherbottom or something. This is, then this is Gag, Gag Petherbridge. <laughs> Apparently this is a boy. He left a note for his parents that his love for 13-year-old Hannah McConnell was too great to stay apart. 
His mother recently cut off contact between uh, Gag and Hannah. <laughs> oh, Gag. Because of constant emails and calling. <laughs> what is his last name? Petterbridge? Petherbridge. And Gag Petherbridge in a series of unfortunate events. Well, his mother recently cut off contact because of the constant emailing and calling. Both families say after five days on the run, they could be anywhere. Be on the lookout for Gag and Hannah. <laughs> the couple also reportedly have at least $680 with them. Gag. Okay. Why? People might ask. Uh, then we have the burglar who broke into a Mesa, Arizona home, and he got more than what he bargained for when a 14-year-old attacked him with a baseball bat. Well done. Ninth grader Michael Six locked himself in his bedroom, grabbed and lubed a baseball bat, hid in his closet after seeing a man use a screwdriver to break open a sliding glass door. A six dialed police and was talking to the 911 operator when the intruder used a screwdriver to get into his room. Well done, Michael Six. As this burglar rummaged through Mr. Six's backpack, Michael stepped out and swung that bat. The burglar cursed as Michael nailed him on the back of the shoulder, and Michael can be heard saying to the 911 tape, Sorry, man. The intruder took the bat and ran away. Uh, under arrest is Thomas Gonzalez, who's at 30 years old. Mm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir, madam, is the case, maybe. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm just calling about Gag. <laughs> <laughs> Have you it's, seen him? Have you no, seen Gag, uh, sir? I'm familiar with the name because of Pet Cemetery. That's it, Gag. I was and... going to do that, too. Gag, get out of the road! Gag! Right. No, yeah. we're going to call him Gag forever. Okay, that's fine. Thanks. Best show ever. All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. I was totally thinking Pet Cemetery. Engaged too. I wanted to scream, Gag, get out of the road, and then I didn't. All right, here's Tim Riley. The Six Pistols reunion may turn into something more. The pioneering punk band has discussed recording new material, <coughs> but there may be some logistical concerns. Mm -hmm. The drummer Paul Cook said the biggest problem is that singer John Lydon and guitarist Steve Jones are in the U.S., while he and bassist Glenn Matlock reside in the U.K. And there are no planes anywhere. So it might be tricky to find the time and place for them to work together. Cook adds that the band might not be completing a full album, but notes that he hopes the Sex Pistols will have some tracks ready this by the really summer. This is really a story that, I guess one, that some of them are in Britain and some of them are here, and they just can't figure out how they might get together to record a record. Really? Yeah. All right. You know what you should watch, Sarah, is uh, VH1 Classic has this show, um, Classic Albums. It's like behind the music, but just about one album. Like, there's a whole one about Nevermind. Oh, that's awesome. There's that's one about Bat of the Hell. There's one about uh, Bat of the Hell. There's um, uh, uh, Ace of Spades. And there's one all about Nevermind the Bollocks. You should watch it only because you would love Steve Jones, the guitarist for the Sex Pistols. That's a guy who has aged well. Uh, he has aged well, looks even better. Not better, but he looks just as good as he did. Like, imagine if Johnny Marr... Uh, imagine if Johnny Marr was like a dock worker from, like, Boston. That's exactly uh, what Steve Jones looks like. Steve Jones? Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Yeah, he he looks as though Johnny Marr, like, grew up in New Jersey, like, putting big pieces of sheetrock on the back of trucks all day or something. Here's that uh, Tim Riley. So now, 7-Eleven here is unseated Subway as the top franchise in America. Well done. Uh, the reason is that our franchises have a vested interest in becoming successful, says Joe DePinto, the president and CEO of 7-Eleven. Joey, Joey customers. the legs DePinto. It's about delivering great customer satisfaction and products our customers want. I love 7-Eleven. I'm not ashamed to admit it. There are 5,587 11 franchises in the U.S., 25,062 abroad. In fact, a new 7-Eleven opens up somewhere in the world every four and a half hours. But you know what? There are very few of them here in Portland. Let's list now all the 7-Elevens. Let's in the corner. Let's hey, Arthur. Okay, there's one on Arthur. There's one downtown, uh, like in the park blocks, uh, and then there's one on Powell, 
at about uh, like 43rd. Uh, this one on Lombard. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hawthorne, rather. Really? Yeah. That's four. I mean, here it's really weird, though, because the Plaid Pantry is the 7-Eleven of Portland. I mean, that sounds like an obvious statement, but if you go to any other city, 7-Elevens are everywhere, and they're just not very frequent here. They're not very common. I'd never heard of Plaid Pantry until I came to Oregon. Me either. It is, it is, it is solely, uh, I think it's an Oregon thing only, um, but uh, but it, I love 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven is really, uh, I really do have a strange affinity for 7-Elevens, and even... Even as kind of miserable as a way as, as it was in a way to work at Seven Eleven the last time I was unemployed, um, in a way it felt appropriate because it was like working at this place that I had loved forever. Seven Elevens are strangely comforting to me. Because, Shiny hot dogs that yeah. have been cooking for weeks. Tim, mm-hmm. why must you belittle all the? Why must you? Why must you spit on all the things I love? Shiny hot dogs. <laughs> Every one of those stores has those shiny hot dogs. like to see my shiny hot dog. Don't ever say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but they're great because they are always open. They're brightly lit. They're more or less clean. You can get anything you need there uh, within reason, day or night. And it it does have the sort of Starbucks USA Today thing going for it that no matter where you go in the country and probably in the world, a 7-Eleven is a 7-Eleven. I mean, and they make that comforting thing when you walk in the front door. I really do like 7-Elevens a lot. Um, the, the, I don't know what... I've always said that I wanted like a coffee table book or maybe just like... I would settle for like a cam. Like if there was some sort of site on the net where you could just like log on and just have a color webcam that just showed you the inside of a 7-Eleven all the time and not with the weird fisheye lens either. Like a regular straight-on color camera shot of the inside of a 7-Eleven. I would have that up all the time and watch it. It would just make me happy. I don't know why, I and I know that I'm almost alone here. Well, you've already said before that you're fascinated with places that are open 24 hours I a day. I love places open 24 hours a day, and in fact... You never feel alone, Rick. Are you mocking me? No, I'm just saying that's the, that would be a psychological analysis. Of no, it. it's true. In fact... Because you know um, that there are, there are people there always. I will say that uh, actually uh, if you look at... I don't think it's in the final DVD, but the original posters... For Bigger Than Jesus, the, the lobby posters, uh, when we were doing the Clinton Street and the Imago runs at Bigger Than Jesus, it, it's a photo of me, and it's me with Alice Cooper makeup standing in front of a 7-Eleven. And we did a whole series of those. There's like me checking my time, you know, look at my watch, sitting in front of 7-Eleven, and I'm just wearing Alice Cooper makeup. There was a whole series of me and Alice Cooper makeup in and around 7-Elevens. And we ended up using one of them as as the marquee poster for Bigger Than Jesus. And I really do love it. And then the... CD that I put out last year that I cannot describe or reference in any way on the air explicitly. I'm just struck with wonder about that. Thank you. The uh, If you look at the shots of the band, uh, which I think are on the inside, if you open it up and look in the inside, the shots on the inside are all inside a convenience store. Not a 7-Eleven. Uh, it's the Hawthorne Market. Uh, but they're all inside a convenience store. That was the, like that was my thing that I stipulated. You know how Quentin Tarantino has like a foot fetish? I have a fetish for convenience stores. So... Anyway, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. Police in the nation's capital have arrested a man carrying a rifle near the U.S. Capitol and are inspecting his vehicle. No shots were fired. Nobody was hurt. As a precaution, several blocks around the man's car have been courted off by police. They have sufficiently uh, been concerned, and they've called in a bomb squad and are searching the vehicle with a remote control robot. The man was arrested in a parking across the street from the Capitol grounds. There are reports that the man was also carrying a sword and a bow and arrow. The impacted areas between the U.S. Capitol and Union Station. They it's never also near the U.S. Wrong. Supreme Court. All right. That's that. Okay. Oh, listen to this. A 13-year-old girl has been arrested in Alaska for allegedly... Wait. Killing a polar bear. No. Sexually assaulting two boys on the school bus. Wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't think it was going to... I thought it was going to be much happier than that. No, the boys are also 13. They said the girl touched them over their clothing. And a police uh, investigator went to the Palmer Middle School in Alaska and ended up arresting the girl. Wait. 
She's how old? 13. And how old are the boys? 13. No, no, no. no. She's how old? 13. She's 13? 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought you said 10. I did not. 13. Okay. She's 13. They're 13. And she did what to them? Apparently, she sexually assaulted them on a school bus. By doing what? I'm looking here. Apparently, she touched them over their clothing. Really? That's what it says. She touched boys over their, their clothing. clothing. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I'm not a teenager now. Really, honestly. I can't even imagine. And it's not like I had that adventurous of an adolescence. The charges of second-degree harassment and one each of second-degree sexual assault and attempted second-degree sexual assault. Okay. Mm. It's being uh, charged with one count of scapegoating. All right, fine, whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. I don't have kids. Doesn't matter to me. It's Alaska. Siri, I need... Uh, never mind. Never mind. I'm done. This guy says, Rick, I rented the 10 on DVD the other night. It's 10 segments. I turned it off halfway through one. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to... That's why we're not charging for it, sir. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Um, hey, listen, that story that Tim had just read about the kid with the baseball bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, what happened is Tim had the story just a little bit wrong. No. No, I really uh, Really? Tim, wait, hold on. Wait, no, let me understand this now. You are saying that the news that came out of this newsroom was somehow inaccurate. Well, just a titch. Just a titch. <laughs> it was on, they were on um, Channel 8 this morning mm-hmm. on, what is it, Good Morning America or whatever. Sure. And um, what happened in the video of this is priceless. You've got to get it because what happened is that, when the burglar actually came in, he was hiding in his bedroom closet. Right, nice And when the guy actually pried open his bedroom door and went down to to get the backpack, he came out of the closet and started hitting the kid, the burglar with the baseball bat. Yes, I said. And and the burglar starts screaming, <laughs> "Please, please, please, quit hitting me!" And then he runs out, and it's all it's 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 gold. Hold on, let me ask you this now: In what way? Did this series of events differ from what Tim said? Well, because the kid actually still had the baseball bat. The guy didn't run off with the baseball bat, and they did catch him. Tim? I'm just reading what was given to me here. What, now, what is the source for your news, Tim? Uh, Metro Source. And Metro Source report, reports what? That the burglar ran off with the baseball bat. Yeah, well, the kid had the baseball bat this morning on Good Morning America. Are you sure it's the same Are you one? sure it's the same oh, baseball bat? Yeah, same did, story. Did oh, they it. identify that it was the bat and not a replica? No, it was the bat. Now, is that your, is that your, are you just surmising that? No, no, no. It, he said it, I mean, he had the bat in his hand on TV. Mm, all right. He had the bat on his hand on TV. I'm suspicious of that. But the, I, uh, but the good point was when, when, when the burglar is, is crying, please, please, please. I mean, this is a 16-year-old boy, you know. And this burglar guy is like, you know, outweighs him by at least three times. Well, you don't want to screw with 16-year-old boys. They're just all full of, like, uh, Yeah, but the police, but he's pleading hate. to quit hitting me with the baseball bat is hilarious. All right. Thank we'll you. We'll look for it. All right. We'll look for it. We're not going to look for it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, uh, regarding the story of the fellow who was caught with the gun across the street from some national park. And a bow uh, and arrow he, and a sword. Yeah, that's the thing. He had the bow and arrow. Is that okay. one wrong, too? Would you like to start criticizing our news reporting on that story as well? <laughs> no, no, no. It's the, uh, the bow and arrow across the street National Park. I thought the chain of thought goes, okay, he was trying to, what, assassinate the president with a bow and arrow? I mean, no. Nah. But then, then you think, okay, if he was, 
wouldn't Bush profit generally? Now, this is not going to happen. It's a yes or no question, I guess. But wouldn't Bush profit a guy had a bow and arrow across the street, shot it into the White House lawn? Bush is just there, kind of just steps aside or whatever. Survived an assassination attempt. Additionally, everyone who's very, very frustrated with Bush would feel like, ah, someone took a shot. Okay, you know that's, I mean? of course, not the assessment of the... The Rick Emerson Show wishes a long life and the best of health to all federal officials. Oh, of course. It was, it, see, the thing is, Bush gets out of it. Hey, I survived an assassination attempt. Not only did the Supreme Court pick me for president, but, hey, I dodged that thing. And, you know, it seems like that'd be good PR for him. His, his ratings are at 28% now on the economy. Let me understand this. So you believe it's a good idea? No, he, well, for, for Bush if I keep this up, it. really, but, if but I talk to you for another five minutes, that, the Secret I'm, Service will be at your house. No, I'm just saying for Bush to survive uh -huh. an assassination attempt. Keep talking. I mean, no, I mean, because seriously, <laughs> then he yes. could, say, he could yeah. say, hey, everyone, everyone saw me jump out of the way of that thing. So you think? Just, so you think it would be positive for him? That's what I'm saying. I mean, just like uh -huh. obviously, look, right. any look, any science, political science uh -huh. geek could have told you that his ratings would have gone sky high right. after we were attacked nationally, and All then right. boom, the the buildings go down, and anyone goes, oh, duh, his can approval you, rating right. is automatically. Hey, hey, can you hold on for a second? Yeah. All right. Bye. Uh, all right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. That's where we're going to end that there. There's uh, Tim Riley. Okay, I have found the video, and we're loading it right now. Really? Of the kid hitting the... Yep. Wait, is this... Hold on. Okay, this is the commercial, which is going to play. Now, do we know that this video is clean? Well, if it was on... Where are you getting this? It's, it's NBC. Okay, so this, this is the... Today's show. Okay. He doesn't need to get any smarter. He was cool. Okay, it's... I hate it when it does this. We'll get back to it in a minute. Should I put you down in the meantime? Yeah, might as well. All right. Okay. Here we go. What What is this? Oh, this is the kid this hitting the, the burglar with a baseball bat. He's holding the baseball bat. Michael Six. A burglar ransacking his home. We're going to talk with him and his parents in a moment. But first... I don't understand what's happening in this video. It keeps going to the beginning. It's stupid. We'll get back to it in a minute. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> And the, 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 the thing about loading videos, none of these Stinks. things really work yet. No, so no. why don't we update the technology before we give this to the general public? Can I tell you the worst side? Do you guys have this trouble? Would you have uh, problems with TMZ videos? All the time. All TMZ. The time. Okay. At home, I don't. It's but run by AOL. I mean, look, I know that I make fun of AOL. I know that. Jesus. I know that we make fun of AOL, but I mean, at least they have been in the internet business for like 20 years now. Mm. How is it that they can't? figure out how to like put uh, why is it that YouTube works about 99% of the time and TMZ they have one fiftieth the videos that YouTube has I mean YouTube has like 10 jillion videos there TMZ at any point in time has a few dozen videos up how is it that TMZ videos can't just play correctly I was trying yesterday there was some video of Britney Spears alternating back and forth between a southern accent and a British accent and more on that later I tried for about 10 minutes to get the video so I could capture the audio from it, and finally I just gave up and said, F this, and just closed the window. Yeah, none it, of this stuff works. No, it just wasn't going to work at all, ever. Not in any way. So they should perfect this before they promise things to the general public. Sons of bitches. Hi, you're on the Hi. Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. Hey, I just want to say, you know, you're talking about 7-Elevens. Well, me and my buddies always thought it was funny in California's 
when you walk out of a Seven Eleven, you can always tell how tall you are because they got the tape for when you get when they get armed robbed. Totally. That's and how and how sad and great is that that they're robbed that frequently that they thought to put the tape up in there so they can spot the guy on the way out. Yeah. And when I was a kid, they used to only be open from seven to eleven. That's not true. You're making that up. No, they did, and then they came out with uh, 24-hour uh, stopping shops, and then they decided to go 24 hours. This was back in the 70s. Tim, do you remember 7-Eleven? Do they have 7-Elevens in New Hampshire? They must not, but they didn't back then. Do they, were 7-Elevens open from 7 to 11? In New England, we have what was called Store 24. And they're open for what? 24 hours. <laughs> There's nobody it seems in like you could have for 24 hours. They're, they're in Boston. <laughs> the best part is how you just asked how many hours did that store 24 was open. <laughs> well, well done. I mean, you have brought shame on your whole family. I am uh, ejecting. All right, bye. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh. I listening to KCMD Portland. I don't think 7-Eleven was open from 7 to 11. I think they called themselves 7-Eleven because it's lucky, you know, like like when you throw craps, it's like 7 you know, come 7-Eleven. Um whatever. Yeah, I think that's made up. I they were they were always open 24 hours. I think that was their deal, right? They were the first national convenience store. It's an interesting name for a business when you think about a convenience store. That's like a, that's something like a Japanese name for something. Like happy, happy smile, fun shop time store. Maybe not. Here's Tim Riley. A mysterious disease gives you the sensation of the bugs eating your skin. The bugs. The bugs. Is the that bu the clinical term? <laughs> I'm sorry, you've got the bugs. You've got the bugs eating the skin. <laughs> yes, it's an unexplained disease that separates call. It seems like they have explained it. It's the sensation of the bugs eating the skin. <laughs> mm -hmm. It stings the skin and gives you it mysterious stings. lesions. Does it sting the nostrils? Mysterious it? lesions? Mm -hmm. Mysterious lesions. And they never heal. Uh, the illness is called Morgellons. Oh, no, this is the crazy person disease. Mm -hmm. That's This is the... Uh... Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Well, Florida, Texas, and California are states that apparently are hot spots for this. And for crazy people. People have been reporting suffering from this condition. Identified a wide range of symptoms, including... Loss of vision, mental confusion, and fatigue. Really? Mm -hmm. Mental confusion, huh? That's hard to believe. And some also experience tiny fibers that pop out of their skin. Uh-huh. They typically describe a disturbing skin sensation, such as itching and stinging and pins and needles. <laughs> Crazy. <coughs> Last summer, registered nurse Cindy Casey said the constant lesions on her body forced her to quit working. It's miserable. I feel like I've got splinters coming out. Uh -huh. Thousands of people have megalons. <laughs> Megalons disease. They have they have hundred foot shark disease. But, but the, I'm sorry, not, I have I have megalodon disease. disease. I've turned into a one hundred foot uh, carcarian carcarius. Uh, researchers plan to follow up on this. Yeah, sure they do. And they have five hundred people to test. Volunteers will get blood tests, skin exams, as well as psychological evaluation. No, my, no, my wife has these crazy people show up and they're like, I've got more gallons. And it's and what they're, they're all the same. They're called. Uh, I'm giving away a little bit of uh, information here from the trade. They're called matchbox patients sometimes or matchboxers because what they do is these crazy people who will show up and they've got a little matchbox, you know, like you have wooden matches in, and then they'll open the matchbox and be like, these secret creepy fibers came out of my skin. And you look and it's like, it's like, but it's like pieces of their carpet oh, or something. And it's like, look at this. This came out of my eye. And they'll look and it's like, you know, it's like a blue and red carpet from like your kid's living room that crazy people will like, because of course, you know, it gets caught in your clothing. And so crazy people, you know, and because it's like so common that it's a cliche, right? Get the insects off of me. Like it's always insects with crazy people. 
And so the crazy people will think that there's insects. They'll then take their shirt off, and then they'll look and they'll see like the carpet fiber. Like, that's it. That's the mechanism by which alien. That's by which Zenu is putting aliens and insects in my skin. And then they'll put it in a matchbox and they'll bring it to the doctor, who then like sighs and looks down at his shoes and wondered why he wasted eighty thousand dollars going to medical school. So, there you go, Megalodon's disease. Guess what? We're finally going to speak with the Bat Boy. It only took ten minutes to load. Uh-huh. Like the general public is going to sit here and wait for this, but we will. This is uh, Michael Six, the fourteen-year-old who beat a burglar with a baseball bat. Let's hope this works this time. This, this is your last chance, NBC. It's among everyone's worst fears, but 14-year-old Michael Six survived to tell the story. I was just, like, really scared of... My, uh-huh. general, my adrenaline was running. 911 emergency. My house is being robbed. Okay, where are you, inside or outside? Inside. Home alone Tuesday night, the ninth grader locked himself into his bedroom hid in the closet and called 911 after police say he saw this man, Thomas Garza, breaking into the house. Did you hear glass break or what? No, he broke into the bottom. I don't know. So it was a sliding glass door? Do you hear anything else inside? Um, no. The bedroom, now in the room, right across the hall. Michael, growing more anxious. Did you hear footsteps? Yeah, they're breaking into my mom's room. Creepy. Crouching in the closet, Michael takes hold of a baseball bat. Trembling, but ready. The burglar, now at the bedroom door. Are you still locked in your room? In your room? Yeah. You need to get out the window. Wow. Michael hit him with the bat, like this. And then, sensing an opening, Michael made a run for it himself. So there you go. So you hear the sound of him like whacking the burglar repeatedly, and then the burglar's like, "Please come on!" And then my, and then the kid who says, "Sorry, man," after beating the burglar senseless with the bat, that is fantastic. Well done. Congratulate. We ought to send him something nice. A bat. I don't, but I call BS on that. It's the same bat. Um, that is clearly they're re as they're doing the call, as they're as they're playing the call. Well, they wouldn't have allowed a bat on an airplane. They have him reenacting. Uh, the, the, He's the holding a Louisville scenario. slugger. It's uh, it's aluminum, or aluminium, as they say. All right. Well done. Good for him. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hello. Hey, that uh, caller that said 7-Elevens were open from 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, that's the date that the uh, 7-Eleven franchises first started. In your it's face. It's free Slurpee Day. 
Is yeah, it the, exactly. Wait, oh, really? Yeah. On July 11th? Uh huh. Yeah, dude. I used to work for 7-Eleven for years, like four or five years while I was going to college, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like we used to celebrate July 11th every year because that was the day that it started. Yeah. No, the 7-Eleven really is that, that is the most American store that I can think of. That and Sharper Image. Peach Slurpees are great with rum in them, by the way. Uh, you know, let's see. The uh, I remember when I was a, when I was a child... Uh, they would always do, and in fact, they still do those Slurpees where it's like movie times, or be like, you know, be like Hulk, you know, Huckleberry or whatever, you know, like some weird, you know. But they have those like novelty, those like one-off flavors. Yeah, they well, they had they always like made a play on it, but essentially all we did was just hook up the same flavors, <laughs> the, same, like, the same crap with a different label. Yeah. Yeah, Grape-tastic 4. I mean, all he did was, like, hook up the, you know, the grape to it or whatever. I'm sure that's what that was. You know, uh, just, when you were working there, did they have the double gulp? Um, no, we didn't get that crazy yet. We had the super big gulp. I think that was about as big as they went. Because it does. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. It goes gulp, big gulp, super big gulp, double gulp, and then I think there might even be a bigger one now. Yeah, there's that one that you can haul on your trailer hitch now. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Excellent. It's like, it's like it has its own cooling device. The extreme uh, you know, you go. Refill it with Freon once a year or something. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well done, sir. Thank you. Greatest show ever. Thank you. Bye now. Well, there's that there's that huge mug in the kitchen. Tim, you've seen that mug in there, that, that like, drink mug. Oh, it belongs to the janitor. It's called Extreme Gulp, yeah. and it, it literally is, like, 84 ounces or something. I mean, it, yeah. it's, like, the size of, of, like, a propane tank. It's massive. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I was just thinking, uh, do you suppose it's a coincidence that the rise of Morgellons disease kind of coincides with the rise of meth abuse? No, no, I don't. Uh, it, it, it coincides with the rise of methamphetamine use and the rise of the Internet through which crazy people can talk to each other and convince themselves that there's something other than junkies. Yes. So that's, that's a good point. Absolutely. I'm with you, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick, Tim, and Sarah. Hello. Hello. Um... Uh, two callers ago, I, I've never worked for a 7-Eleven. I am a stockholder. Uh, I can say this. The, the company used to be around like in the 1920s, 30s, whatever, and they started experimenting with staying or opening early and staying open late, and that really is where they got the 7 to 11 because at uh, that time... See, now it's, this has become one of those subjects yeah. where everybody has an alternate explanation that yeah. they are convinced is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. I'm All one right. of those guys. Okay. Um, also, have, have you seen the pictures of the Morgellons disease? The Morgellons. Are we, can we just call it the Morgellons from now on? Yeah, whatever. Um, have you seen the pictures of it? Like the fibers coming out of people's lips? There are no fibers coming out of people's lips. You haven't seen the pictures? Oh, oh God. don't anyone send the pictures. Do fibers? Send, what kind of fibers? Do you want me to send pictures? Okay, send pictures. I will send pictures. All right. Thank you. Oh. All, right. All right. Bye. 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 I regret nothing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. 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 Hey, uh, I had to laugh a little bit when you were talking about 7-Eleven being such an American company. Uh, you do know that the parent company is a huge Japanese corporation. The Southland Corporation? I thought the Southland Corporation was based in Missouri or something. Nah, there's a, a big Japanese corporation owns most of the 7-Eleven stores. All right, well, fair enough. I think at one point it was an American company. I just sort of assumed that the Japanese and the Chinese are going to end, end up owning everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, really. I mean, and I don't really care. You know, I'm fine with that. People are like, you know, we're going to be owned by the Japanese. I don't care. They, you know, the Japanese seem to have their act together. I get the feeling they, they know how to run things pretty well. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that, actually. It doesn't matter to me. I, for one, welcome our new Japanese overlords.
Well, they got it together enough to, uh, to buy everything, so... Yeah, seriously. I mean, you know what it is? In a weird way, isn't it the most American thing of all? If they have the money to buy it, we'll sell it to them. That's I mean, right. in a strange way, Jap Japan buying America is, in fact, the most American thing ever. It is the free market system at work. If Japan wants to buy us outright, if they've got the cash, we'll sell it. That's right. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Who wants to take this one? What's up? Hello. Hello, how are you? Hi. Fantastic. You guys are talking about that, that <laughs> disease for the bugs and stuff? Yes, the bugs for the skin. Yeah. and the, yes, yeah. making you think you have bugs. Uh, you, uh, have you seen the, the movie Bug? Oh, oh, with uh, uh, uh with Ashley Judd and the guy. No, no. In yes. fact, I tried to see it at the theater, but it was sort of gone before I had a chance. It's out on DVD, and I keep it, meaning to watch it. Yeah, it was, we just we just rented that here about uh, two weeks ago. And is it good? Say, if you, you want to take a trip into insanity, watch yeah. that movie. It was based on a stage play, and I understand the movie is very similar to the play, where it's yep. just basically two crazy people in a hotel room becoming crazier and crazier. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, it's I, I keep meaning to watch it. Oh, Ashley Judd. Oh. But, yes, it's, a, it's an awesome movie. You should oh, check it out. Covered in scabs. Oh. All right. Thank you. Okay. Wasn't sure if he was gone. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A new lean tattoo was found on the corpse of troubled actor Brad Renfeld, who committed suicide. Brad Renfeld? Did you just call him Renfeld? He certainly did. Did he him. die from gobbling spiders and flies? A Brad Renfro. I like Brad Renfeld. Right I, like, I like the idea that he's Brad Renfeld, though. Was he carrying a sack of body parts from the cemetery? As a matter of fact, there was a brand new tattoo on his back that said, F all y'all. <laughs> Wonderful. That is great. And then he, But you know the great thing is? He didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. Yes. F all y'all. Dead. That is so great. When did he get the tattoo? Do they know? Two days before he was found dead. Excellent. Wow. Good for you. Way to go out. I think that's a new one. I don't think we've ever had that. No. I've never heard of that. F all y'all. Dead. That, 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 okay, I'm going to trade. I'm going to lose a trade. I'm going to one up this. Yeah. yeah, did it have like the logo of the? Yeah. I'm going to one up this someday. Fiverr end it all. I'm going to get my suicide note tattooed on myself. Going to have the suicide note tattooed on my stomach. Fine. Okay. Because that'd be interesting, don't you think? No. Yeah, but then they'd have to take pictures of your stomach to show the suicide note. That'd be all bloaty. Yeah. Nah, what are you going to do? I can't look any worse than Chris Farley. Really? Did you ever see those? Uh-uh. Yeah, you can't. No. That's, some, that's something you can't unsee. Yeah, I never want to yeah, see them. You, somebody's yeah. going to send them, though. And, yeah, they're, they're going to send it to you, and it's going to be labeled Brittany. Mm. Yeah. A bouquet of flowers. And that's just going to be Chris Farley's... Yeah, that's, you can't scrub that out of your head. Why? What was bad about that? Other than the dead and the bloating and the vomit? Yeah. Man, that much. Okay. Tapper Corpse Watch. Here's your... Wow. Here's your Corpse Watch for Friday. The Rick Everson Show. I'm digging. I love the show. I really am our biggest fan. Doing things that's better left alone. I'm resurrecting. Are you reading about Morgellons disease over there? No, not yet. Uh, Richie sent me the tram video. Oh, cool. Oh, is that posted? This, by the way, can I just interrupt this to say, this guy says, did you notice how worthless that 911 operator was? Absolutely. I mean, really, she didn't help at all. That you guy... can't get out the window? Go out the window. Oh, you can't get out the window? <laughs> so you're just going to die then. What kind of blinds do you have on your window? <laughs> what color is the room painted? What type of trim is there? What kind of movies do you like? What are you wearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. 
Well, Lindsay Lohan is about to see dead people. A 21-year-old actress will soon be working at a morgue as part of her punishment for misdemeanor drunk driving, says her attorney, Blair Burke. Uh, she also spent two months in rehab and has done some community service work. Burke said at a hearing on her progress toward fulfilling the terms of her plea bargain, yes, she'll go to a morgue. Her two four-hour days at the morgue, that doesn't sound like very much, are part of a court-ordered program to show drivers real-life consequences of drinking and driving. She must also spend two days working in a uh, hotel emergency room. Now, who would want her working? Yeah, imagine working in an emergency room. Imagine that you're in an ER because you've got some injury, and you look up, and there's Lindsay Lohan coming to take care of you. That is like all your nightmares come to life. I'm coughing up blood. Oh, I'm bleeding from the eyes. Oh, I, I need some. This Morgellons is killing me. I need someone to help me. And then Lindsay Lohan appears over you as like the nurse that's going to be tending to you. You just end it all yourself right then. Jesus. All right. That's corpse. So they're going to work. They're going to make her work in a morgue doing what? Uh, just viewing dead bodies, apparently. You know, After her rough 84 two, minutes in two prison. Two four-hour days. Well, you know, uh, I have uh, a friend, Joni has a friend, who had, uh, like, two DUI convictions. And, like, the, the deal was... After the second DUI conviction, uh, I hope I get the story about it. The judge sentenced whoever this person was. I don't know who it was. Some friend of Joni's. But the judge sentenced the person to go tour a morgue and to look at the drunk driving victims. And it was like sometime in the next 30 days. And here's the creepy thing about that. The person was like, you have to go. The judge was like, you must go tour a morgue sometime within the next 30 days to look at drunk driving victims. And the creepy thing was... Since it was like touring a morgue sometime within the next 30 days, that meant that all the people you were eventually going to see were still alive at that point. That's kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. And like the idea that, that she was walking around, you know, people were walking around upright having no idea that they were going to be in the morgue being her object lesson. All right, here's your corpse watch for uh, I'm digging a digging We're just getting 7 Eleven calls now. Randy Travis. Okay, now Richie's just spelling it Megalodon disease. <laughs> Megalodon is a hundred foot great white shark, by the way. Just all right. Okay, here's what we got. I got 7 Eleven. Uh, I got a, a movie observation, and I got more on the blah 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 disease. Sarah? I don't know. Tim? I don't know. Yeah, let's just, just hit, the, hit the next button. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. A scanner Darkly. Yes. Yeah, now you got Robert Downey Jr. If you haven't seen this, it's good. It's uh, animated. It's, the, uh, it's by Richard Linklater, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen it? No. Well, it's uh, it's got this guy, oh, well, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr., and a couple of other unsavory characters who are all addicted to what... Uh, passes for methamphetamine in the movie of the, or the world of this movie. It's a Philip K. Dick novel, right? It's like a yeah, cyberpunk yeah. novel. Yeah. Dick, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know they're all finding all these bugs all over themselves and getting weirded out and freaked yeah. out and paranoid yeah. and trying to turn all their friends into the cops is hilarious. Yeah, I'm not, and I mean, I, I'm not trying to be to diminish the, the, the plight of the crazy, uh, but it, but it's a little. But here's the thing: is it's a little known fact. I don't want. To, I, I'm not a doctor, but I will tell you this. Uh, I guess it's not a little-known fact, but for example, if you were to just take Sarah and just like roll up her shirt sleeve, if you photograph anybody's arm close enough, you'll just see like little hairs and fibers and threads and whatever. But what they don't tell, so, and if I could just be quasi-serious for a moment, what happens is you get people who go to the hospital and they say, "Look, I've got all these mysterious sores, and there are fibers growing out of them." Hey, it's yeah. a it's a weird okay, it's a weird mystery disease, and it does seem mysterious, like all of these things, until. 
you realize how it happens, and then it becomes sort of obvious. It's one of those things that only looks mysterious if you look at it from one side. But then if you walk around the back and look at it, you go, oh, I understand. Well, here's, I don't mean to be gross, but here's what happens. Let's say, let's, in fact, let's not even say it's a lead. Let's say you just scrape your arm, right? Let's say you're, you're riding your bicycle, fall off, you skin your, you skin your arm, right? You got the whatever. You got like a big, uh, you know, an injury, a wound on your arm. Well, what happens when you start wearing a sweater around after you've skinned your arm? Oh, yeah, the little fuzzy parts get stuck to Yes, it. that's exactly. And so people go in and they say, I've got these sores, and by the way, there are crazy threads coming out of them. Well, I hate to be gross, but if you've got a bunch of sores, there are threads floating <laughs> around the air all the way. Every time you step on your carpet, every time you touch your clothing, billions of like little microscopic threads go into the air. They land on one of your open wounds. They stay there. You go to the hospital. It looks like you've got you know like something coming out of it. And they will tell you that most of the people who come in with this are diagnosed with something called delusional parasitis, which means basically that you're crazy and you think you're covered in bugs. And, you know, and those people always end up, I mean, we all know this is true, those people always end up scratching themselves all to hell. If, if you're doing any kind of drug, you end up doing that even more so, and it just becomes a thing. And then you look and you see little threads on a wound, and you think there's fibers coming out of you, and you scratch yourself even more, blah, 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 and that guy's gone. So, um, I mean, that's just, I'm, you know, there are people who are crazy, and it's kind of sad that they don't get the treatment they need because America doesn't feel like... Because, as my wife will tell you, America doesn't really feel the need to give people adequate mental care. It's a lot easier just to... Uh, especially if they're veterans, it seems to be a lot easier just to kind of kick them out on the street and have them live there. Here's Tim Riley. So TriMet has decided that they will keep Fairless Square after all. Uh, let's see here. But they, they've decided to do a couple of things here. I couldn't do a their TriMet release. They have signed agreements to establish a West Side Police Bureau based in Hillsborough, which is a good thing for those of us who, who uh, are on the West Side. Uh, then they have a conceptual agreement with the Eastside Priest, uh, Police Precinct, which really doesn't need anything. They've hired more police officers and other contracted security. They've expended the authority to immediately remove individuals from the transit system who are violating the TriMet Code, whatever that means. The TriMet Code. What is the TriMet Code? Is that like... It seems like there's a joke there. First rule of TriMet is, I don't know, there's something. All right. Well, whatever. They're going to install So you only get, like, one raping, and then they make you leave? Yeah. All right. Uh, they've increased the lighting levels to 1,800 lights. How does that help anything? I don't really know that light was the problem. I Yeah. There's plenty of light on the max. <laughs> well, of course. How, how else do you see who to mug? Uh, we will continue to measure the effectiveness of these security measures. You do that. Which do absolutely nothing. Hi, you're on the Rick. They're easy to measure, then. <laughs> Zero. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, all. I, uh, I, guess I, gotta, <laughs> I guess I have a kind of hybrid call. I was going to uh, notice the similarities between a standard Darkly and the uh, Megalodon disease, too. I'm yeah. just going to keep calling it that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Megalodon about, disease is great, yes. But about the 7-Eleven theory of ours, uh, opening a store at 7 a.m. has never been a revolutionary opening time. Like, it's it's not that off. There were plenty of supermarkets in the 30s that were opening at 7 a.m. So. Yes. The theory just does not hold water. So you're uh, saying you don't believe that's where the name derives from? No, it's the, it's, it's, uh, it was when it was opened. It's, it's birth is uh, where it was named. Here's the thing. I almost don't want to know because I just like the idea that people are calling up angry and, like, fighting about it. You are wrong. I am right. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I have fibers coming out of my chin. Oh, that's just my beard. Sorry. <laughs> okay. And so I shave them off every day and then they come back. And now the history of 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven pioneered Wait, the concept. Hold on. Hold on just a second. I, I can get some appropriate music for this. Wait. I need some, uh, let me get this call and then we'll do that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. 
Hi, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Uh, okay, let me preface this call. You know the castle law, right? It, a man could do uh, his home's his castle. A man can, can you, do whatever. Wait, hold on. Uh, do I know the what? Huh? The castle law that, you know, if somebody breaks into your home, you can do whatever's necessary to defend it and not be charged with a crime. I don't really know that that's true, but go ahead. Yeah, well, this is true, and Oregon does not have that law. So, a Wait, friend of mine, so it is true. It is true, except for here, where it's not true. Well, there's a, only about 15 states that have that law, I think, and so Oregon's not one of them. It's true in the places where it's true. Right. So okay. here in Oregon, my friend is uh, running a basement that has bars on the windows kind of thing, and two guys break in upstairs, and he's downstairs, and he hears them, just like this guy that you, you played the tape of, trash in a house, and... He's freaking out. He has no way to get out of the house, so he grabs a baseball bat. And over a period of about an hour, he psychs himself up and says, if they come through this door, I'm hitting the first one. So the guy comes through the door finally, and he hits him and just totally crushes the skull. The other guy runs out of the house, breaks out a window, sticks a gun through the window, and just randomly empties the gun into the basement. So when the police come, the guy's dead, of course, and they do their investigation, and they tell him they tell him that the guy that he hit with the baseball bat was also shot twice, and they couldn't tell if he died from the gunshots or from the baseball bat blow. And the cop told him if he had died because of the baseball bat blow in Oregon, he'd have been prosecuted for manslaughter. Did you know that Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy, and Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln? <laughs> This is a true story. It happened uh, on Burnside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank All right. you, sir. Yeah, you bet. Bye. Bye. Okay. All right. <laughs> For a minute, I thought I was listening to the Daria show. <laughs> because it was, it was such an enlightening tale. Wow. Really? Yes. The Daria show. Is that what they call it? What do they call I that show? I don't know. I don't even. I hate to be snarky. I don't even know when that show's on. I think it's on the same time. As, like, I'll listen to Gustav every once in a while. Hmm. But I don't... I have no idea, because she is a sidekick, right? Sure. And his name is what? Joe? Know. Skippy? No, Skippy's the other guy. Ted? Ted? Dr. Drew? What? Leo. Are, are you assuming that one of us knows the answer? No, <laughs> I'm just throwing out names. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim, are you are you going to be? Uh, do you have the, the history of Seven Eleven prepared? I do. Okay, hold on, just one second. I'm getting the appropriate music. We'll uh, fire this up here in a second. All right. Seven Eleven pioneered the convenience store concept way back in 1927 at the Southland Ice Company in Dallas, Texas. In addition to selling blocks of ice to refrigerate food, an enterprising ice stock employee began offering milk, bread, and eggs on Sundays and evenings when the grocery stores were closed. This new business idea produced satisfied customers and increased sales, and convenience retailing was born. The company's first convenience outlets were known as totem stores, since customers toted away their purchases, and some even sported genuine Alaskan totem poles in front. In 1946, totem became 7-Eleven to reflect the store's new expanded hours, 7 a.m. till 11 p.m., no, 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 seven no. days a week. The company's corporate name was changed from the Southland Corporation to 7-Eleven back in 1999. Today, 7-Eleven is the undisputed leader in convenience retailing, with more than 30,000 stores operating in the U.S. More than 7,100 7-11s and other convenience stores are operated and franchised by 7-Eleven in North America, and they serve approximately 
6 million customers a day. Each store focuses on meeting the needs of busy shoppers by providing a broad selection of fresh, high-quality products and services at everyday prices, along with speedy transactions in a clean, safe, friendly shopping environment. Why not stop by today at your nearby 7-Eleven store? Excellent. Well done. Thank you, Tim. That's great. Well done. I think that was worth at least 200 bucks. It really, it really was. What? I don't get it. No, I don't either. Okay. And the music was, uh, it was either, I was either going to use that or, uh, let's see if you can spot this, Tim. Uh, as Eric Clapton says in the Unplugged record, let's see if you can spot this one. Uh, let's see if I can get this to, uh, play over here. This, this was my, this next track, this was my backup choice, uh, for the, for the musical accompaniment there. Hmm. Doesn't seem to want to, uh, my backup choice was just dead awkward silence. Well, never mind. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, did you hear that uh, Paula Abdul's new single has been revealed? The tune, Dance Like There's No Tomorrow, made its debut on Abdul's idol co-worker Ryan Seacrest, Los Angeles area radio show. Is there some, uh, like, contract where everything on Earth now has to go through Ryan Seacrest? I guess so. Okay. Well, he works for Clear Channel, doesn't he? The uh, single will appear on Idol Judge Randy Jackson's upcoming album, too. Randy Jackson's Music Club Volume 1. Abdul, who was a pop star who was a pop star, and choreographer long before Idol is reportedly in talks to perform live during Fox's broadcast of the February 3rd Super Bowl from Glendale, Arizona. Veteran rocker Tom Petty has already been tapped to serve as the halftime act for the big game. The seventh season of American Idol premiered this week on Fox Television. 7-Eleven is internationally known for the big gulp. <laughs> Can you spot the song? Big by Henry VIII, I am. Well done. Bye. Hermit's Hermit. Yes. Oh, I was just sitting here listening. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is I have uh, I have this whole collection of uh, like elevator music. I like that. All right. Well, do you want to try? Do you want to spot another one? Sure. All right. Hold on. Uh, let's see here. All right. Let's see. That was uh, that was one of their jauntier tunes. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Okay, Tim, can you spot this uh, elevator version of a popular song from yesteryear? All right. All right. So let me get this to. Uh... Well, can my computer be any slower? Oh, they're all like that. Anytime you want anything, just close down. <laughs> it's fine when I don't need things. As soon as I actually need something to start working, that it's like some it's like some invisible signal goes out to the IT department with them at like reduce. My country, hang down. country Time Lemonade invites you to sample the taste of summer. Can you name the song? Step right in. No. Close. Walk right in. Walk, Walk right, right in. in. Well done, Sarah Dillon. Look at that. All right. Okay, how about this one? That's the same song. I. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> trying to trick me. Damn you, Tim Riley, puncturing my hollow charade. Downtown. Well, look at that. Here's Petula Clark at AM 970, the home of the hits. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> All right, we'll do one more. That was this my is, mom's first record. This will get really. This will, we'll give this one to Sarah because it's too easy for Tim. All right, this one. Uh, let's see. This is. Uh... All right, we'll get this. There uh... we go. Oh, Donkashay. Yeah. 
Imagine being a talented musician, and this is the only work you can get. Hi, what'd you do today? Well, I played bass on the Reader's Digest version of Donkey Shane. But there's a then I drank of, myself blind. There's a constant parade of blue-haired ladies who love that thing. You know what? I don't. You know, I, I should not. I at a certain age, they have to love that. I tell you, at I tell you, uh, at home, I have dozens of records from Reader's Digest, uh, like mood music and popular hits of today, and like summertime favorites, and it's all that. It's all just crap instrumental versions, with any sort of like, you know, quality or anything sort of polished right off. I have uh, I have a whole section of my record collection. There's nothing but stuff like that. I don't even and the thing is I don't know where it came from. It's like I just own it, but I don't remember buying it. I don't remember being given it by anybody. It's just like there. Here's another question, Tim Riley. Do they still publish Reader's Digest? Yes, they do. They do. I saw it the other day somewhere. Do they publish the large print Reader's Digest still? That too. I remember when I was a kid, this is how lame I was. When I was a kid and I would go to the public library, I would often just check out like stacks of Reader's Digests and take them home and read them cover to cover. That was my idea of a gripping good time when I was like 12. I would go to, and, but, but and for some reason at the Kennewick Library, draw from this what ye will, at the Kennewick Library, all they rented, all they would let you have were the large print versions. They didn't have regular Reader's Digest. So here I am like a 12-year-old renting 15 different large print Reader's Digests and then going home and reading them all. It is amazing that any girl ever agreed to touch me ever at all in any way. Uh, also this, my, my parents were proud owners of many, many, many Reader's Digest uh, condensed books yep. collections. Did, you, did your home have those? Sure, because they look great in the bookcase behind the fireplace. Exactly. Sarah, your parents have Reader's Digest condensed books? Oh, yes. Uh, see, everybody does, right? I don't even know if they still make those anymore. See, that's a good... And I wonder the my same thing, actually. Every National Geographic from, like... The 60s. See, that's kind of cool, though. They have, yeah, a full wall of it. They, oh. Do they so have them bound? Are they in volumes? No, they're just, nope, they're just all in Are they in, in rows chronological on order? Yeah, they're all in order, and, like, there was some of the cool, like, hologram ones. Oh, and yeah. And I remember Heather and I would go into the garage the and we were little, one. go and look at them. Yeah. yeah. The Titanic one, the one with the world on the front of it. Totally, yeah. The other one with the creepy Afghan woman on the front? Yes. Where she's all like, hey, I've got spooky green eyes. Yeah, the bright, yeah. big eyes. Yeah. Reader's Digest condensed books is a whole weird phenomenon when you think about it. And and, and now that I think about it, how did the... What I, what am I even trying to say here? You've got to wonder if they have that... Do they have to have the permission of authors to do that? I would imagine so, yes. I can't imagine what author would allow his books just to be butchered that way. They did for years. We're going to take your book and we're going to cut it down to one-third of its original pages. We know you spent your whole life working on it, but we're going to cut out every other word. It, I mean, because they would literally, I mean, I know you could tell this from the title, we have to break here, but I it, it, I remember reading Reader's Digest Condensed Books as a kid, and they would take like a 400-page novel like Exodus by Leon Uris, and it would be like, and Exodus is a book that's like 4 million pages long, and they would condense it to like 105 pages. And I, when I got a little older, I remember looking at these books thinking, how is that even possible? Like, what what did they cut out? I mean, that's like one of the ones YouTube things where they do like Star Wars in nine minutes. How can you cut a 400-page novel down to 100 pages? How does that even... I don't understand. All right. And finally, my last observation is that somewhere we should find one of these women and interview them. Because you know it was a woman. Somebody had that job of being handed like Jaws, which is a 400-page book also, and being, having to, and being told, like, okay, by the end of the day, we need that cut down to 100 pages. That's kind of like the Lost thing, where they sur they summarize the three seasons yeah. in, in eight minutes. I'm like, how do you possibly pick out what's good and what's not? Whose job is it to condense a book? That's kind of fascinating now that I think about it. You know what it is? If Here's we, Jaws. We want it to be called Jaw. If we, it's just going to be Jaw. If we worked on um, NPR, 
we they would give us like a five thousand dollar expense account to do an entire report on that. And it would it, 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 if we if we worked for National Public Radio, we could work there forever. Nobody would know what we did. I should say because because of course it, where ratings don't matter, mm-hmm. where you don't actually have to have listeners, and if you do, it's a bonus. But you don't really have to have listeners uh, at NPR to uh, to keep your job. It's it's just sort of a it's just considered sort of a side benefit if you accidentally get people to listen. And they will do all kinds. If I worked at NPR, you could you could pitch that, and they would give you they'd give you all the resources you needed to do that. You would. I'm Rick Emerson for NPR. You've seen them on shelves, you've seen them at relatives' homes, but did you ever wonder how they came to be? They're Reader's Digest condensed books, and they've been a hallmark of family bookshelves across the country for decades. I decided to find out who does the condensing, who chooses the books, and what I found might surprise you. That's pretty There you go. Done. All right, let's take a break. Back hang, up a map of the, uh, hang up a map of the world in your cubicle, though. I think you do something bigger than that. <laughs> All right, it's 503-733-2970. We come back. More of your phone calls. Uh, Scott Daly coming up later with his Cloverfield review. Uh, Snuff Watch, we still haven't gotten to. Britney Spears has probably showed off something else. And uh, we'll try to get to that long uh, forgotten top five today. Say there's the Rick Emerson radio program. As you leave me, please won't you close the door and I don't even know what it was. Sarah just did something and then grimaced and said that was a mistake. I didn't have any. I usually put water in my coffee, you know, and I don't have any tap water in here, but I have my orange mineral water. Oh. It tastes really wrong. Really? In your coffee? That's hard to believe. Yeah. All right. Well, hello. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up next hour, Scott Daly with his Cloverfield Review. Uh, these calls. Please tell me these aren't about 7-Eleven. All right, here's the thing. We're, we'll, we'll talk to whoever these people are. And then from now on, don't call ever again about where 7-Eleven got its name from. Uh, if you have other thoughts or observations about 7-Eleven, we'll take those. After these calls, please never again call about uh, from where the name derives. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hey. Love your show. Thank you, sir. Um, we're listening to the history of 7-Eleven. Yes. And at one point, I lost complete track because what Tim said blew my mind. He said it changed to the name 7-Eleven in 1999. No, the uh, the, the corporation that owns corporation. it, which is the Southland Corporation, the, the yeah. Southland Corporation just changed their name to the 7-Eleven Corporation in 1999. I missed that part. Yes, there you go. Okay. Glad your mind is now unblown, sir. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. Brittany's unexpecting. No, it's what's-her-name that's unexpecting. Pam Anderson. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Or maybe Brittany. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. This is a guy originally called to 7-Eleven. used to be open to 7-Eleven. Yeah. I am not calling the gloat, but I really want to know the story about Store 24. Tim? <laughs> was it on the 24th floor? Is that what it's called, the 24? Oh, wait. You're mocking oh. us now. <laughs> Greatest show ever. Bye. All right. That's the last 7-Eleven call we're taking yeah. ever. Ever. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Please, for the love of Jesus, be calling about something else. Hey, Rick, this is Vince. Hi, Vince. 
Hey, man, you were talking about those uh, Reader's Digest a minute ago. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going to talk about 7-Eleven. Thank I'm you, sir. I'm not going to talk about Brittany's white panties that are soiled. We um, Oh, soiled. What an unpleasant word soiled is. Yeah. Uh, hey. So you were calling about, about Reader's Digest, sir. Yeah, well, my grandmother always had Reader's Digest laying on the table in her house, and next to it was always these catalogs. They were like little colored pictured catalogs of all kinds of housewares and female-type things you could buy, you know, what grandmothers would buy, doilies and things like that, and there was... Always pictures in there of all sorts of interesting things as a kid, and I thought, well, one day I was going to buy my mom a present, so I got that catalog, used my paper money, and there was a woman holding a long uh, tube-shaped object next to her face. It was described as a uh, uh, facial massager, and I thought my mom would really like that. So okay, I, this call turning out to be pretty good, actually. <laughs> so I ordered it, and... Uh, Got it and wrapped it up, gave it to my mother. What it was was it, it, it was a vibrator. I brought my mother a dildo for her birthday, and she was so embarrassed that she turned bright red, dropped the package, and ran out of the room. And everyone else didn't know what was in the package, so they all gathered around, gathered around, and pulled it out. And sure enough, there was. And there's your electric air cleaner. <laughs> that anyway. is embarrassing. How old were you? I was about eight. I does thought she, it was the greatest present ever. My does mom. she bring that up every now and again when she's drunk at Christmas time? Yes, I hear about that probably religiously every Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's so. a pretty great story. I'm actually going to repeat it uh, later on today. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Time for a snuff watch. Here's your snuff watch for uh, Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Chess master Bobby Fischer is dead. He was 84. 64. No, he was 64. <laughs> he was 64. He was a reclusive chess genius who became a Cold War hero by dethroning the Soviet world champion in 1972 and later announcing his American citizenship. He died. Uh, he had kidney failure. He had a lung illness, too. He lived in Reykjavik, which is in Iceland. But he was born in Chicago and raised in Brooklyn, New York. He faced criminal charges in the U.S. for playing a 1992 rematch against Boris Spassky in Yugoslavia in defiance of international sanctions. In 2005, he moved to Iceland, a chest-mad nation in sight of his greatest triumph. Uh, Gary uh, Kasparov, the former world uh, chess champion from Russia, said Fisher's ascent in the chess world in the 1960s and his promotion of chess worldwide is a revolutionary breakthrough for the game. Spassky reached uh, briefly at his home in France said, I'm sorry, but Bobby Fischer is dead. Goodbye. <laughs> that was That's his the entire... only English he knew. <laughs> Bobby Fischer no longer alive. No call. Uh, well, because how sick... I mean, really, how sick do you think Boris Spassky is of hearing the words Bobby and Fischer together? Because that's the only... I'm trying to think of some comparison. I mean, what is a legendary defeat or loss that somebody's probably tired of hearing about? Um... If you're from Philadelphia, it'd be like uh, it'd be like it'd be like asking John DeBella about Howard Stern. Um, I, I mean, it, it, Boris Spassky. I mean, to, to most people now, is really. I mean, and talk about a guy who at one point was the greatest chess player in the world. I mean, literally the best in the world. And now he is really only remembered as the guy who was crushed by Bobby Fischer. I mean, humiliated, uh, just destroyed. I mean, it's impossible for to. I mean, I think. For most people, even now, especially now maybe, it is impossible to convey how 
revolutionary and important Bobby Fischer is, not only in the chess world, but really to all of America at that time. In 1972, it, I mean, really, the Cold War was in full swing. The Russians were evil. They hated them. They hated us. We hated them. And the Russians were considered, I mean, it was like the Miracle on Ice where we beat the Russian hockey team for like the first time ever. Oh, they were at the flag around, uh, what was that hockey player? The name? guy. Jim Craig, I think. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the, that Miracle on Ice where we beat the Russian hockey team was considered amazing. This, though, I mean, the Russians had just dominated chess like since the beginning of time. Since we crawled out of caves, they had been running the chess world. And Bobby Fischer uh, was just this guy, just some nutcase. And he was like, you know, he was just a kid. He's the youngest international grandmaster in the history of the sport. He was like 13. Um, I mean, saying that an American from New York, saying that some guy, because he was born in Brooklyn, I think, right? Yes. Saying that just some kid from Brooklyn was going to go win the World Chess Championship it would be like saying that, like, uh, some guy who grew up in an igloo in Alaska was going to single-handedly defeat the Chicago Bulls at basketball. I mean, it was just, it's, uh, it, it would be like me telling you that I was going to go out power lift, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, it's just unheard of. And so I'm not going to bore you with the whole thing, but there is, um, there are some fantastic books uh, that you, that you can you can read on it. Um, uh, but. So Fisher was, of course, just like a legendary, just just a total drama queen when it came to the sport. And he showed up in Iceland. He lost the first match. He didn't even show up for the second game. So I mean, they, you know, they did, it took 21 games or whatever for him to win. He didn't, you know, he lost the first one. He didn't even bother to show up to the second game. He just stayed at his hotel. And they were running out the clock at the chess hall. And finally, they were like, "Well, he's not showing up." Bam! Boris Spassky wins. And then he came back from that. To win, which is like unheard of. I mean, it was just staggering on like 50 different levels. So I'm not going to go on and on about it because I'm talking about a chess game now. But it really is. It cannot be overstated. He is. He is the the Muhammad Ali, the Wayne Gretzky, the Babe Ruth, the Michael Jordan. All of those things rolled into one and tripled in the chess world. I mean, it's just you know. So anyway, there you go. And he was nuts. Unfortunately, he was also crazy. Yeah. And like a hateful bigot on top of it. He was. He was, of course. He was, of course, that craziest kind of anti-Semite, the Jewish kind, who, uh, uh, you know, and anyway, so, anyway, so he was nutty and renounced his U.S. citizenship and was Jewish, but continually talked about how Jews were evil and uh, ended up, I think, living with some child bride in Reykjavik and, you know, and he was, after 9-11 happened, he made all these unfortunate statements about how he wanted America to be wiped off the earth and whatever. He was just a full-on nutcase. Um, but, I mean, really unbelievably brilliant. I mean, he's revolutionary. So, uh, anyway, he's dead. Bobby Fischer, dead, dead, dead. There you go. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. From the San Fernando Valley comes word that Jeffrey Robert Weinberg's attempt to score naked pictures of an underage girl landed him in court. He's already on federal probation for computer hacking after getting out of prison last November. Soon after his release, he allegedly began stalking Amor Hilton, a San Fernando Valley teenage blogger, model, and DJ, demanding she send him nude photos. When she didn't comply, he allegedly broke into the pink-haired, nose-ring writer's MySpace account messed with her cell phone, and threatened to ruin her life. Part of an increasingly common practice of online predation. It's not the first time this happened in L.A. Whenever you have a gadget, 
Whether it's an answering machine or a website, there's always somebody trying to get into it. Apparently, he was arrested on January 15th, and prosecutors filed charges Tuesday of attempted extortion and five other technology-related crimes. Using the Internet to commit crimes doesn't mean it's not legal and that you're not going to get caught. He posted a lot of personal stuff about her, and it really disrupted her life. So that's that. Uh, time for Britney Watch. Really? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up my chair. Here's your Britney Watch for Friday. Radio program. I could just inject just an observation here. Are you glad that guy went away, the Leave Britney Alone guy? I guess he was back doing some video. Then no one cares. I'm so glad his shelf life was... I mean, it was like a day. Uh-huh. I mean, he was like... He had... I mean, he made Tazon Day uh, look like Bob Dylan. I mean, really, in terms of longevity. So, anyway, screw him. He's gone. Uh, trouble singer Britney Spears has lost a potential movie role. Filmmaker Tommy Parker told MTV News that he wanted to cast the singer in his low-budget thriller... Memoirs of a Medicated Child. However, a rep for the flick tells uh, Extra, quote, uh, Even with the accepted uh, $3 million offer on the table and negotiations being finalized, producers decided to can Brit. Actress Samantha Falk will instead uh, replace Britney. She is the niece of actor Peter Falk. Meanwhile, people who report Spears has signed on to host the upcoming Beverly Hills Party. Or an, on, an upcoming Beverly Hills party. The event is set for February 16th. It'll be held at a private residence, a Scandinavian-style mansion. Spears uh, hosted a similar bash there on December 1st. Danish businessman Claude Hembach, uh, who also runs the parties, said that Spears is, quote, a very sweet person, and he is beyond excited to be working with her again, saying, quote, The experience she gave everyone in December was amazing. She absolutely made my event. He's not explicit on what that might be. Um, all right. I don't know how much other Britney Spears news you have That's over it there. Now. Okay, well, I got more then. Um, I want to hear more. This guy, by the way, a Seamus Waste, and it says, the best way to describe these photos of Britney is... Wait for it. Worst photos ever, period. Now, All right. And he says, kudos to Sarah, by the way, for not being a wuss and for posting the photographs. Uh, these photographs can be viewed at sarahxdillon.com, by the way. Um, I mean, let's, we were talking about this earlier, but I do believe that's a first in the history of celebrity. I don't think I've... I don't think I've ever yeah, seen a woman. there's Fergie peeing herself, <laughs> and there's multiple vaginas, but... <laughs> multiple vaginas. Duck! Um, the... Next, they're going to have to go 3D. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, I mean... Part of me wants to discuss this, and part of me doesn't. I mean, there's been, like... Sarah, you're a woman. Um, It's just, like, that's just not taking care of yourself. That's just, I don't know. We were talking about this before the show. Women generally know, within reason, when that special time is going mm-hmm. to happen. You just don't wear white underwear or white... I remember... Now, well, you not... don't wear a skirt that barely covers your crotch to begin with. Yes. And then white underwear. If you think it's about period time. Unless you have reason to believe that you won't be having your period anymore, but... Uh, now somebody's going to do that on the max. I really... <laughs> it's going to be the new hot young... Man, we should totally start a rumor that that's the hot young trend among girls now because of Britney, is to show their period underwear. 
See okay. if we can get, see that we, is not even funny. No, no, no. We, somebody's got to do it. No, we should see if we can get parents like all freaked out. What are Jenkum? Because they're saying they bought the Jenkum story because they're idiots. Whatever happened to Jenkum? You know, Jenkum is they very... They realized uh, that they were all being hacked. They realized <laughs> that they looked like retards. Yeah. <laughs> um, they'd, uh, <laughs> they were, they'd been manipulated by a 15-year-old with a MySpace account. We should totally try to spread this urban legend that Britney has started this trend among teenage girls of showing their bloodied underwear. Um... But I mean, look, I don't mean to be gross. I'm a droopy pants that guys wear. Yes, it's exactly like that. Well, and plus, I'm just saying, also, this is so gross. I remember being in math class when I was in high school, and there was a girl who wore white jeans to class one day when she ought not to wear. And that happens. You know what? But I mean, you learn young. You learn. Don't. That's something you learn. But what I'm saying is the area in which the blood has spread, it makes it seem like she, uh, that that had been happening for a substantial amount of time. So she had been on so her period for more than one day. No, not not even just for more than one day. What I'm saying is, like, even, like, if she had started, then... Um, you realize it, right? I'm not trying... Yeah, no, you realize say- it. And plus, like, if it, if it has, like, been there long enough to spread all the way up to, like, the front, basically, yes. as her underwear, that's, like, her sitting in that for a while. I get it. I'm, and I'm really not trying to be hideous. I really just don't know. I'm, just, I'm a man. I don't understand. She obviously doesn't understand personal can, hygiene anymore. Because if you, you, you're out and about and this country begins, like, you can tell, right? You can be like, oh, wait a minute. I need to duck into the restroom. Sometimes, well, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Okay, but I mean, it if it's that much. But if it's that much, if it has If been, you don't realize your underwear is wet from something, you've got larger issues. I mean, because that's just not a little bit. That's, like, basically her entire period of underwear. Like, that's, that's, that's the entire thing, basically, is covered. Oh, <sighs> I mean, as much as I don't buy the Britney is actually crazy thing, like the way they're trying to spin it. Isn't that the sign, though, when all personal hygiene goes? Well, that is. Maybe she'll start complaining that there are threads coming out of her body. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Well, you know, the, Brian Wilson, actually, who does know from crazy. <sighs> Brian Wilson talked about that, where he said, uh, uh, Brian Wilson, actually, uh, he, he made, I saw a pretty interesting interview with him, and it was sort of a weird thing, actually. He This is when he had become less crazy. And he said that he would be, he, it was kind of creepy. He started talking about, the interviewer said, what if you go crazy again, basically? Like, how will you know? And Brian said, well, I probably won't know if I go crazy again, because by definition, I will be crazy. He said, but here's how it will happen. He said, first, I'll stop brushing my teeth. He said, then I will stop showering. I'll stop, you know, shaving. I'll stop taking care of myself, and I'll stop changing my clothes. And that was like how Brian Wilson said that that, like, that was what would start to happen if he went nutty. Um, so we've got this, and I call BS on this. Um, this is from TMZ. Sources are now painting a very disturbing picture of Britney Spears or whoever she happens to be at any given moment. It wasn't disturbing before. No. No, before it was all buttercups and lilies. (laughs) Um, TMZ says, we're told that the whole British accent is more than an act that Britney has, wait for it, multiple personalities, including... Quote, the British girl. Well, Tobin Spears loses the British personality. She has no idea what she did during the time she assumed that personality. That Britney has a number of other identities where she becomes the weepy girl, the diva, the incoherent girl. Really? How about the spoiled whore girl? Does, I she, have, that's the... does she have costumes for all these? <laughs> How about yes. $700,000 a month for doing nothing, girl? Yeah. <laughs> so jealous. Seriously. Like, she's so undeserving. Well, I mean, she isn't undeserving because she earned all of that How money. The, but... uh, how about the pampered... Oh, yeah, she earned it. Well, she did when she was younger. Her handlers earned it. How about the yeah. uh, how about the how about the spoiled lazy slut uh, girl? Uh, all right. And anyway, uh, let's see here. Um, 
this, this somebody points out they said why was Britney even wearing underwear at this point? That is it is actually pretty interesting when you think about it. Well, it does get cold out at night in L.A. Well, but I mean she's that is kind of weird actually. You know, in it, I never really thought about, it, but it is sort of weird that she's never photographed with underwear, and yet the one time she is, hi, they're covered in blood. I mean. As much as I don't buy the multiple personality thing, that's just stupid. That's just drama queen posturing. But, I mean, is it possible that she is just, like, so delusional and so far gone, though, that that is, like, the next stage in getting attention? I mean, that she just wears well, the weird... Probably, well, it seems like she's addicted to attention, so like maybe I, any attention... Like, I can't think of any possible reason. I can't think of anything that would lead you to wear those underwear in public. I mean, unless you're just completely crazy or completely high. But even if you're completely high, like, doesn't she have people? Doesn't she have handlers? She has those two, only those two guys. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 just like Anna Nicole Smith. But, I mean, wouldn't you think <gasps> one of... That's very true. Wouldn't at least one of them go like, hey, you got a little something there? No. You can do a little dog. Absolutely not, because you know what? That guy probably contracted the agencies who are taking her picture. That's true. And he's telling her, hey, you know, this is happening. I want a cut of it. You'll never guess what you'll see next. Wait, do you know? No, I'm oh, just saying okay. he might have Our... called and said that. <laughs> no, that's true. Maybe that's true. Maybe he, uh, maybe he d is like not steering her away from danger because uh, because he's, he's selling the photographs or he's making money off. We're the getting ready anyway. to travel right now. Jesus. I mean, I'm gonna quit saying this as of today because. This observation about our own show's observation of Britney is now, we just said it so many times, but I think last week we said for the hundredth time, well, this is it. There's nothing else she can do. And I don't remember what that was in reference to. Didn't she do something a few weeks ago and we said, that's it? Oh, it's when they broke her out of the bathroom with the hammer. Mm -hmm. And we're like, that's it. That's the, she's done shocking us. There's, she, really, unless she covered herself with her own solid waste at this point, I, I can't. That's, I mean, okay. That's going to have to be uh, it. No, 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 no. I thought, you know what she hasn't started. Okay, here's, I got it. You know what she hasn't done, to the best of my knowledge, that we haven't seen? Um, Are we putting together a wish list? Yeah. <laughs> well, we tried to do that at one point, but we couldn't come up with anything, remember? Because, you know, weird period-soaked underwear didn't occur to me. My wish list is still take out the extensions and... Be a bald lady. Yeah. Oh, man, her extensions are really hideous They're looking. They're so They're bad. Ghastly is what they are. Um, the, um... Oh, uh, Kristen from Accounting is noting that you got a picture of Misha Barton in a pair of white leggings some time ago that had a little bit of a spotting, oh. as they say. Um, okay, here's what Brittany hasn't done. I've come up with one. And this is, re this, is, this, is, this is realistic, too. I'm surprised we haven't. You know what we haven't seen on Brittany? What? A bunch of cutting. Oh, yeah. Doesn't we she got the cutting from Lindsay Lohan, though. But doesn't Brittany... Really? I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. That's pretty hot. I mean, wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, I, I, I think we'll probably see Brittany with the, the cutting marks at some point. Man, can I just... Uh, never mind. I don't even want to start. Uh, okay. Well, let's just see if these... Are these calls Brittany-related? Either Brittany or 7-Eleven. Huh. you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Well, I would like to say that the one thing she hasn't done is made a business proposition to sell her bloody panties via an outlet like the Internet. Would we buy them? Somebody would. I asked the show. If Britney, if we, if, if, well, of course we would. Who am I kidding? Absolutely. All right. There you go. Thank if, you. If it's for a good cause. Like some, some soup kitchen somewhere. Like, uh, all right, thank you. Uh, like uh, blood for babies or something? Yeah. Panties for something? All right. Mm. Uh, 
Well, there you go. So I think it's probably just the cup, and that's all that's left. I can't think of, I mean, I really can't. So, But we uh, still have never really seen a sex tape from her. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I mean... Ugh. But it's so far gone past that now, really? it's just... All right. Well, there you go. Is there, do we have any else? Anything on the Britney news? Anybody? Not at the moment. That we, we got for like now? another hour to go. That's true. Here's uh, there's your Britney watch. Friday, Rick Emerson show. By the way, this is Casey of the Portland. It is interesting that that is so horrible that uh, people really aren't talking about it that much. That even MTV wouldn't... MTV not only wouldn't show the pictures, MTV wouldn't even describe what they were. Mm -hmm. MTV News, uh, their online site, just said uh, inappropriate photos. I mean, they wouldn't even describe it. It's weird that you don't really think that there are taboos left. And it's, you know, anyway... All right. Uh, hi. We'll just uh, we'll roll here for a few minutes and then we'll take a break here in a while. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? What's up? Uh, regarding Bobby Fischer, uh, his passing. Has anybody told Joe, Joe Montana not to search for him anymore? He's easier to find now. Yeah, well, that might be true too. All right. Thank you. You bet. Bye now. Now we started the show with some searching for Bobby Fischer. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, I wanted to ask Sarah. Yeah. Did you see TMZ yesterday on TV? No, I didn't. Well, this is the kind of thing that's leading to why she is the way she is. They, you know, that shopping trip she made to the two separate stores? Uh-huh. She walked out with $20,000 worth of stuff that they gave her. She never paid, had to pay for it. Huh. She's got enablers all over the place. And eventually, she'll end up somewhere. But what you'll know is that the sores on her face, they're going to become to where you can't disguise them with pancake anymore and then they'll give her a shot of b12 all right that's what happens when you go that's the first thing they do all right and they're already talking about her face being broken out and but i mean all that what are we remember how the woman who saw her she's showing signs of being a junkie oh well i well yeah i mean i think that's a given i mean it's i mean in my opinion she just the next thing to happen is she'll turn into jeff conway and won't be able to leave the house She'll be in the back of the limo cradling a bottle of whiskey while Dr. Drew tries to get her to stand up. Well, she won't even be able to get out. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank All right. You. Bye now. I really, I really am glad that we live in the now because, again, when celebrities used to just have these implosions, we, we never would, we weren't able to watch it. We just had to read about it after the fact. And here's the other thing. I was thinking about this with Britney Spears. I mean, I'm old enough to remember uh, a time before the Internet when, you know, celebrity gossip was, you know, there was basically the Inquirer. Uh, but then there was all the other tabloids, which are much more salacious and not really believable. But, like, I'm old, and, and Tim will probably remember this, too. I remember growing up with books by Kitty Kelly. And Kitty Kelly, who I think actually wrote for the Inquirer at one point, but I might be wrong about that. Kitty Kelly, who wrote all of these really notorious biographies. Like, she wrote one of Frank Sinatra called His Way. She wrote one, I think, about the Reagans. She wrote one about the royal family. And it was just filled with, like, all of the most salacious, titillating, like, almost insane Dirt and and just to the point that you didn't believe any of it, like that like that John Lennon biography that came out in like 
88 or whatever, The Lives of John Lennon, where they said that, like, at the end of his life, he was nutty and bathing 12 times a day and, you know, just flat out crazy. You know, like all of those celebrity biographies that came out over the year that were just considered so unbelievable and so wild. It, but, but, I mean, now having watched Britney Spears do all of these insane things in real time, it does make you look back retrospectively and reevaluate all of that supposedly unfounded celebrity gossip for the last 50 years. You know, like the stories of Raymond Burr laying underneath a glass coffee table. Uh, you know, it, it makes you think about all this stuff, and then maybe it's actually not so crazy. Um, this guy has a piece of advice that I will follow. He says, Rick, whatever you do, do not do a Google image search for bloody panties. Oh. Not done and done, or not, as the case may be. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, I got a perfect term for that new false fad for the, for the teenage for the, or for the girls you're Uh-oh. talking about. Is this safe for the air, right. sir? I believe so. It's 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 yeah. I do. I okay. Do so. All right. Uh, the guys are sagging. The girls are ragging. Ew. Yeah, That's, I, it. That's all I got. Now there's something there. It's not quite fully formed yet. All right. All right. Fine now. But doesn't that seem like a thing that you could start as some sort of idiot scare that parents would believe mm-hmm. that girls were uh, you know the, 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 something blah 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 blah. That uh, the girls were attempting to one-up each other and gain attention by showing off their spotted underwear. Like, you could totally see some moron journalist believing that and passing it along. Oh, because it's showing them that they're, that they're mature that they're women. they're mature. Girls are trying to show off the fact that they've entered womanhood by, you know, in a most unusual and, you know, fashion. And parents oh, are God. worried. Jeff, and then you, that's right, Carrie, uh, I'm here at blah, 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 high school. And, and here's the thing. And you could say that high schools, and I, I guarantee you if, you, if you push this hard enough, within a couple of weeks you will see a memo surface from some high school uh, explicitly stating that such uh, revealing clothing is not allowed. Mm-hmm. That uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, I know what parents are afraid of. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, Rick. I was telling, I guess it was Richie that uh, I got a prediction that before Brittany snuffs herself, she's going to work a shift or two at the Bunny Ranch. Here's the thing, though. That I don't think she's going to die at this point. I just don't because I, I, I just feel like at this point, like we're just, I'm not going to say it's too obvious, but it's like, I don't you feel like she's just becoming one of those people like Andy Dick? Well, they I, just you think they have to die, but then they don't. They just hang around and just irritate you for 20 years. I kind of, I kind of feel like the way she goes through money that that's only going to go so far, and eventually she's going to have to do something. Well, maybe something else. And, and you know, it's like the porn stars—they go and work there a shift or two or whatever, you know, and and make big bucks. I do that. No, really, if she worked at the money ranch, I'd get me—I'd get a piece of that just to say that I did. I'd do that. <laughs> Seriously, if you told me for a grand I could go have sex with Britney Spears, I'd pay that. You and the other 10,000 guys, huh? That's fine. You know, I'm, I'm Zen with it. I'm okay with that. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. This here. And this raises another question. I know we're talking about Brittany again, but I, or still. What can you do? Well, my thing is, Seamus pointed this out, that she does make $26,000 a day. And so my question is, from what? I mean, I can't believe anybody's buying her records at this point. Is she point. still getting, like, residual pay from, from, what, from previous record sales? But I don't like, think... do they give them in, in chunks, like, at, if you win the lottery? Uh, I don't think... No, I don't think so. I mean, I think they do it quarterly. I think the deal is you get, when your catalog sells, you get paid every 90 days or something. I think I think that's the law, actually. I think you have to be paid every quarter for, for record sale money. Is that your chair? Okay, that is. I couldn't figure out what that noise was. Wait, hold on. Yeah. It's like got, moving the got, whole thing. I got Tom Likas' chair. Hold on. 
What's all, it sounds like the walls are creaking. Sounds like we're underwater, and this is right before the water pressure destroys oh, the God. stuff. Who knows? You know, the craziest things could be happening outside, and we're just in this little bubble. We are submerged like the world down could here. be on fire, and we would have no idea. You know, there could be giant scorpions overrunning the whole city right now. We wouldn't know. Uh, but, I mean, I can't believe anybody's buying her records at this point. I can't believe that anybody's really buying her songs in any Dermot. No, when I, when I look at a lot of, um, like, the gossip websites, a lot of young gay boys and a lot of young girls are still buying her stuff. Maybe. But, I mean, $26,000 a day worth? She's not making any money on Crossroads well, the movie. She has, well, she has all of her side projects, too. I mean, I'm sure she has investments. Like, before That's everything true. went... She has all those... Perfe- she has, like... A jewelry line, clothing line, That's multiple true. perfumes. And even if that stuff isn't making your any money, unless she's just completely crazy, that money probably early on was put by handlers into some sort of some sort of investment. Yeah, I mean, and she's on she's honestly a you know a person who's been working in the industry for 20 years. Yeah, she had to somebody before you know things went all topsy turvy had to set up some sort of investment plan for her. Uh, this email says, Rick, to be fair to Britney's handlers, those two douchey hangers on. Why would it even cross your mind to ask, hey, let's make sure you're not bleeding from the crotch before we go out? <laughs> this is true. I mean, when was that crossed anybody's mind, Rick? Who would think to look for that? No, that that is true. He says, and don't jinx yourself by saying, what can Britney possibly do now? I'll remind you of Christmas 2004 when you and Sarah said on your very show, married to a guy for 18 hours in Vegas. What can Britney possibly do to hold our attention at this point? And in 2004, when you and Sarah said on your very show, married to some random backup singer. What could Britney possibly do to hold our attention at this point? And over and over again in 2007, when you and Sarah said on your very show, in rehab in the Bahamas for less than a day? In rehab for 24 hours in Malibu? Shaving her head? Attacking a car with an umbrella? Losing her kid to a random backup singer? Not showing up to court? What can Britney possibly do to hold our attention at this point? And then he signs it, it will never, ever, ever end. <laughs> well, that's true. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, hi, sir or madam, as the case may be. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's happening? It's low. Hey, what's up? Oh, uh, just calling to get you guys prepared for the milk challenge on Monday. Thank God you're not calling oh, about Britney Spears and her underwear. Uh, yeah, no, I figured you, you guys enough of that. Did you see I'm the pictures? Sorry? Did you see the pictures? You know, yes. <laughs> see, that's the thing is, you, I, we're not going to pretend to be better than we are, you know? Yeah, and I understand that, and it's just certain things that I don't necessarily want to see ever. Yeah. And then, uh, you know... Let's move on, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I, mean, I thought there was some confusion on what I do for a living. Uh, it's not that there's confusion. It's just that we don't know. But it's kind of better that way because in my head, you guys do work in some sort of weird uh, techie sitcom. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm willing to let that ride. Yeah. I mean, if you if you feel like you need to clarify, that's fine. But in our head, like. Your office does something sort of like an Inatech office space kind of a thing. Nobody really knows what's going on, and you just spend most of your time forcing a guy to eat piles of sawdust or something. No, it's cool. I, I just like to do my part to not uh, perpetuate the myth that uh, I, as a dark-skinned individual, uh, don't like to work. <laughs> you think you're jobless? Oh, yeah. you. Is that how you really took it? No, not from you guys. <laughs> but I, I know how people are. You're silly. You know how, yes, you know yes, how Whitey thinks. Yes, I do. All right. So That's the, how I get by. So, <laughs> you have to anticipate Whitey's every move. <laughs> Man, uh, I have a war room in my house. <laughs> um, okay, so I, you sent me an email saying that we had this last thing. And if you go to um, YouTube and you type in uh, Vegas Batman, uh, you can see both the cinnamon and the chili powder. So uh, the um, you told me that, that I, I should keep watching because if I tuned out after uh, the paper towels and I missed something. 
Yeah, if you know, I, I would like to say that that Richie's video takes the cake, but you did miss out on the payoff by by uh, by stopping that video just as he was being handed the paper towel. All right, so I'm reloading this video uh, right here. This is the one that says Vegas Batman versus Chili Powder. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so all right, so I'm loading this right now. And so what happens is he holds up the and he, the best part is how he holds the tablespoon of chili powder to the camera, like he's Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. I, I mean, tried to I tried to warn him. And he, he clearly he, there's no warning of any kind that's going to be uh, sufficient for this guy. He, apparently, apparently not. And so what is while I'm waiting for this to load, what is uh, the next challenge for him going to be? Uh, as I understand it, we are prepping to do milk on Monday. Oh. A gallon of milk. A gallon of milk. Is it now? You're going to follow my advice that it be room temperature. I'm going to see if I can convince him to do that or not. He didn't seem too, too convinced that that would make a difference. Oh, but it's going to make all. He, well, yeah. Well, I think once he has a mouthful of room temperature milk. Yeah, not spoiled milk. I mean, you buy it at the store and then you just let it sit out for about 15 minutes. Uh, that's going to make. No, I figured he would. I, I figured he would be willing to do that, but he didn't seem convinced of it. What happens uh, when it gets room temperature is you get a uh, you get some thickening that happens there. Oh, I know. And you're gonna you're gonna find that. Yeah. Okay. So let me see if I've got. Uh... It's like a dream come true. All right. Let's see. Uh, as journal. All right. I'm still waiting for this to uh, still waiting for this to load. Um, and uh, we may actually have to come back. I may have to watch this on the other, on the other side of the break here. Uh, yeah, I don't so, want to take up too much of your time. So this is happening on Monday that he'll be doing the milk challenge. Yes, that is correct. And if all if all goes well, uh, I should be able to uh, edit and get uploaded that night. So by Tuesday morning, it'll be ready to go. Fantastic. And so I'm seeing another one here, though. It says, uh, this says, chili powder, I challenge thee. Is that the oh, same it's, video? It's, yeah, it's the same video because the two of us both have... Uh, I see. Uh, YouTube account, right. so we just we both just upload the same video. And just a final uh, final thought before we go here, uh, I forwarded you an email from some guy in Portland, and you'll understand that CBS Radio can't officially be part of this, but there's a guy in Portland who now wants to start issuing challenges, like to Vegas Batman. He he wants to say that he can eat weird. He's like, I'll I'll drink a gallon of vinegar or just something insane. Yeah, I saw that because I was actually at, uh, when you emailed that to me, I was at home recovering from a, a, a night of drunken debauchery. Uh -huh. And um, <laughs> I called it quits quite early that day. So I, when I got back home, I saw that and forwarded it to him. So I haven't seen him since Wednesday. Right. So I will probably check with him on Monday and, and figure out if he wants to, to go forward with that or not. All right, excellent. Well, stay in touch. We'll watch this. As soon as this buffers, we'll, we'll watch this. And, uh, yeah, let me know how the milk thing goes. Okay, we'll do. All right, thank you, sir. There you go. There's uh, the low in Vegas. All right, I think I've got this to the point where we can see what happens after the paper toweling, and then we'll take a break. Come back with Scott Daly. Just a big spoon. Zooming in. Okay, you can see this at YouTube, by the way. You just type in oh, Vegas Batman. God. It doesn't smell like cigarettes. So this is a, uh, a round, a heaping tablespoon, one might say, of chili powder. It doesn't look like it. Oh, no. In here? I dig how it's got, like, the sex club music happening in the background. I kind of like the music. All right, there he is, like, striking the uh, the Guy Ritchie pose. All right, here we go. Tablespoon full of chili powder into his mouth. All right, dude. Fantastic. Right into the trash can. Wonderful. No, All right, so um. I think we enhance. I think it hits back. 
Yeah. Ew. He says to wait for after the paper towels. Someone's throwing up over here. He's. Do you need anything, bro? <laughs> I needed to have not done that. He's, his head is inside a trash, a wastebasket. Oh. Oh, that just makes me feel kind of sick. I think I can do it. But I could use some paper towels. All right. So there's a woman whose sole job is to hold the paper towels, apparently. I never eat chili again. All right. This is good for dieting. You just keep taking too much of things that you would normally eat. Wow. Oh! 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 Okay, he does, as of course is required of videos on the internet, he plays it at normal speed, and then he plays it back in slow motion. Wait. I think I can do it. Oh, wait, hold on, let me just play this one more time, and then we'll break. You just keep taking too much. You're going to hear, the, you're gonna hear the, him, him vomiting in real time, and then you'll hear it slow, slowed down, which makes everything funnier. Okay. <laughs> I'm in something. Here we go, either. slow motion. Wait. Oh. I just threw a macaroni and cheese. Oh, okay, we're done. Thank you. Ah, technology. All right, let's take a break. Back after this. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Come back with Scott Daly and his Cloverfield review. Uh, more of Tim Riley coming up at 3. It's Tom Likens and so forth. You say there's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. had left some permanent scars. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733 coming up at 3. Uh, Tom Like is down to Mike at 7. Uh, car and driver radio tomorrow, 6 to 9. Miles around with Dennis Pitsenbarger, 9 to 11. Uh, let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from FilmFeverRadio.com. Our good friend Scott Daly joining us now. Hello, sir. Hello there. Hi, how are you? How are things? Uh, I'm recovering, but I'm good. From the weekend. Oh, hey. Uh, the, the, the it is big Friday. Wedding. I understand that. Uh-huh. The big weekend. Four days nonstop drinking. Let me... <laughs> you know a weekend is only two days long. I understand that. It started Wednesday. It started last Wednesday. You know that's five days. We didn't drink on Sunday. The thought of alcohol. I don't even know what we're talking about away. anymore. All right. No, my whatever. best friend got married on Saturday. Okay. And oh, this is the wedding to which the pimp party. squad was inexplicably invited. Yes. No. And I really wanted to go, but I was kind of afraid of the pimp squad. Sarah. Scott, I was kind of afraid, there, afraid there of was, the pimp There squad. was a very cute man there who... Was we his were... name Timmy Ryan? Was he covered in, <laughs> was he covered in body glitter? <laughs> and we, we my, my buddy Dave, my, my best friend Dave, is like... Get Sarah here, because my friend David London, who lives in London, uh, who we dubbed as Metro Poppins, um, he, uh, he, he... I don't know Sarah. if I'd be compatible with a guy named Metro Poppins. No, no, Sarah. Is would Metro, I, would I like the way he looks? Would I, would I, good eye candy? When I met him the first time, I was like, oh, I got I to gotta introduce this, person, this guy to Sarah Dillon. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You missed well, out. Sh- well, there might be another opportunity. Free booze. He lives in London. Oh, well, never so. mind. <laughs> well, what's the point of that, then? I don't understand. I'm the- just saying. 
You know, I don't even. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But no. Moving good, right along. Good time. Good time. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So uh, let's also welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Court from Court and Fat Boy, Rock 101 KUFO. Hello, Hello sir. Hey, how are right. you doing? So you guys both saw Cloverfield. Yeah, I just, I literally just came from the theater. Oh, it's just okay. Now. It's Friday. Oh, okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Okay. Today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, Scott, you saw the screening on Tuesday, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll start with Scott. Uh, you're taking Cloverfield. I do have a question for Court, though. Yes. Did you see the Star Trek trailer? Yeah, because they didn't show we it at the screen. It. Oh, it's good. It's online, so but I haven't watched it. Tim said it. Tim said it. I have it on my website. I need, to, I need to find it. Tim said it's it on my website. Wasn't all that oh, good, 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 good. It was. Um, you've already described it on the air. Is you? it where they do the guys working on the metal and they do the pullback and it's the Enterprise? It, it's not an exact pullback. It, yeah, but it's it, it's a bunch of people working on on metal, you know, uh, welding and such, and then they do a, a reveal and it's they're working on the Enterprise. Is, the the, the, the uh, picture is up on uh, I think it's on Ain't It Cool News. Every screening. In the country, except Portland, got the damn Star Trek teaser, and we didn't get it. Yeah, no, so it's very I mean, annoyed. You, you can uh, you can see the picture on Ain't It Cool, and it, it, that's basically it. Just imagine a bunch of people welding right before right that. But was Nimoy uh, directing it or narrating it? Uh, no, you can. Uh, he now says that's the fake trailer. No, yeah, no, he, there was the fake trailer. Where well, no one. Has His voice out. is used in this trailer. He, I think he says space the final frontier. Right, okay, hold on, watching it right now. So it's a guy, it's like showers of sparks. It's a guy welding. So it's, uh, it's just a lot of shots of... Somebody in the machine shop. Yeah. It is like metal shop class. I'm making a dustpan. And just lights blinking on and off, flashes of light. Space. The final frontier. And then that's it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the, no, on the know, big screen, it looks, cool. it looks a lot cooler because it is it is definitely the old school Enterprise. <laughs> I mean, you, you can tell it's the one, you know. It's not Dash A. Exactly. It's not no, Dash A. No. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I can imagine it's on the big screen because I just got little shills just like, ooh. Yeah. All right, Cloverfield. Cloverfield. For months has been has been this huge viral marketing campaign online, the secret J.J. Abrams project that really no one knew. It sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and finally, I will say this, America has its own monster movie, which is, which is fantastic. You mean like a Godzilla kind Like of a, a Godzilla type of thing. The premise is uh, there's, there's a party for, for, a, for a group of friends. One of the guys is moving to Japan, and they throw a big uh, going-away party. Uh, someone has a video camera to, to document the whole party. Well, during the party... Big explosion, Statue of Liberty head crashes down the street in Manhattan, and all hell breaks loose. And the whole film is told through the eyes of the camera. The whole film was told through the eyes of one of the guys named HUD, which is a nice a nice little prop to aliens, HUD right. heads-up display, um, uh, point of view of what's going on. It's the first monster movie that we get where we don't see the whole picture. It's first person. The audience is the character. So is this like a Blair Witch Project meets Godzilla? You know what? I've heard a lot of people say Blair Witch. And yes, it is. But going in and even during the whole film until it was over, Blair Witch never crossed my mind. I didn't even think about this being a, a, like a Blair Witch film. I'm tired yeah, of the Statue of Liberty's head being cut off. That's become a cottage industry. 
<laughs> it's the communists. It's, I mean, it, and so this is—is is this going to be another one of those like where they have to have like sickness bags? Yeah, I, I will say yes. I'm going to go ahead and jump in and say yes on that uh, because I, I was sitting within the first five rows, and it, if it takes up that much of your field of vision, it can be a little much. I was more towards the back of the theater, uh, and I didn't notice it 25 minutes into it. Now, there's a lot of people who are going to say uh, the tw- the even myself included the, the party scene where they kind of set up the characters. Right. Is a little too long. Yeah. My thought on that. The movie's though, only eighty-four minutes long. Min- it's min- eighty-five minutes. It's a very short, short and sweet film. My 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 take on that is that that's the only time in the film you have character development. You have exposition right there. That's it. Um, and if we are going, to, we being the audience, is going to be a character in the film. We need to have some sort of emotional attachment, some sort of motivation to, 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 to stick with this and to figure out what's going on and why our friends are leading us back into the belly of the beast, if you will. The monster, uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers give any or anything. Don't give any spoilers. No, 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 no. Nothing, Fair. nothing. Come on. I'm okay. But I heard but it's the, only on screen for like two minutes or something, five minutes. I'm not going to. Nah, maybe. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> Let me dump I'm that saying, so Sarah doesn't hear it. But what I'm saying, though, is, is that the scenes of the monster are short, quick, and fast. Again, point of view of, of the people on the street. Running, and they're they're really well placed. Which well I guess makes because sense because you wouldn't like me running toward it. Exactly. And right. there's a monster. Let me run Let's directly at it. Right. Uh, and it, when you see them, you 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 want to you want to see it longer. You're like, what, what the hell was that? You know, and it, the intensity and the tension just builds up as the film progresses, and it's really really good. I I had a great time at Cloverfield. Uh, I, I will say that as far as the uh, the Blair Witch uh, comparisons go, it does suffer the same comparisons to Blair Witch in, in that you want more. You, right. you, you go in expecting a big scary movie, and right. you want more of the scares. And there's just you know, and, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but there's just not. You are wanting more monster. You, you you wait for that overhead shot of you know from the the helicopter or whatever. You right. want to see the monster you know wrecking a building. Well, I got this thing that eventually the shark has to jump on the boat. I mean, it's just right. like you have to do right. that. Right. And eventually, you know, which is the big problem I had with Blair Witch, by the way, is that at the end I'm like, and there's nothing. Right. Right. It's a guy in a basement. Yeah. And there, there's certainly more scares, more monster than than you get in Blair Witch. And there's there's other stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I won't say what the other stuff is, but. There is, there is monster. Sarah is like, Sarah is like, like giving like me the pointy, angry finger. I have like an hour to go. Not no, Sarah, we're not going to. We're not going there to. is other stuff. There's other stuff to be scared of than big monster. There is. And it's very well is done. It, is the, does the true horror come when man turns against man? Rick. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that's what you know more than you're letting on. I don't. I really honestly don't know anything. You knew about the monster being on there for two minutes or something? Uh, it's because somebody like said that to me in the hallways. He's only on screen for two minutes. But I mean, that's the thing with like the mist. Right. Like you just sort of know. Like, you know, the, there's the monsters on the outside, and then the monsters within, you know, or whatever. And it's like that. There's always some a hole in the group that, you know, wants to sacrifice the baby or right. whatever. So, but it's 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 a really really well done, very well executed. I'm very impressed with 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 the scale of this film and how how it's portrayed on screen. And uh, I just. I just thought it was fantastic. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I just want to warn everybody again because there were people. There was uh, some people that were clearly there to see the monster. Right. Um, and some a hole jumped up at the end. I want my money back. <laughs> uh, just just be, to be clear, uh, go into this movie expecting to see you know not 
a lot like of monsters. chaos, kind you'll, of? You, you'll see chaos. Yeah, There'll oh be yeah. plenty of chaos. But, but don't, don't expect to see a guy in a rubber suit kicking over exactly. Tokyo for an because hour. it's not a film about the monster. It's not a film about where this thing came from. There's no scientists. There's no government conspiracy. It's, it, it, it's, 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 it is what it is. There's no what you I'm sure the people who played the monster are very disappointed. Yeah, Tim, Tim finds the whole thing very compelling, I can tell. <laughs> All right. So I, I thought it was fantastic. It lived up. I, I went in expecting very little, and I got a lot. Well, there you go. So manage expectations, as yes, they say. Exactly. Under promise, over deliver. Exactly. All right. Uh, Court from Court and Fatboy, Rock 101, KUFO. Uh, what is your? Can you? What is the next uh, midnight movie you guys? Oh have? yeah, it's going to be Big Trouble in Little China. It's not that, for like two weeks, right? Uh, that's on February first. Oh, that's Excellent. such a great movie. It is. I'm you can be there. there. I am going to make it one no, of these times. You are. You've, never, you've never gone to any of them. She's She's not not on Friday, and I get two weekend nights, and then I don't want to sit in the theater, you know, because it's like a midnight. You can get drunk say it. You spend all week with us, and you don't want to be in a theater with us on Friday night. No, I'm afraid the that's understandable. Be there. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry, nothing of to be truth, ashamed of, Sarah. This is Tim Riley. If I could do this show without seeing any of you, I would. Oh, thank you. I'm just that. kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm, but I mean, you know, I understand when you get out of here when you finally pull the ripcord on Friday afternoon. Why? Like you're making, you're like formulating this huge theory behind it. I just there are lots of things to do on Fridays and Saturdays, and you know, sometimes yeah. I feel like watching a movie. Sometimes for hipster friends are more important. No, 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 no. I'm just no. saying. I'm saying. Look, if I, look, if I lived in Alaska and you saw me once a year, spending time in the same room with us would be more of a priority. I understand that you have other, you have only two days to spend time with other people doing other things. So, sir, if I right? were if I wore aviator glasses and like a ripped uh, Iron Maiden T-shirt, <laughs> too small, would, would you would you come hang out with me? <laughs> this is Tim Riley. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department says they're not cracking down on the paparazzi madness in West Hollywood. But if you're a paparazzi and you cross the legal line, you're busted. The department has received a flurry of complaints by residents, business owners, and others who say the pops are going nuts, chasing celebrities, disrupting their lives. The department has doubled to enforce the law. Dare to speed, you'll get a ticket. Drive recklessly, a ticket again. Drive with tinted windows, don't even think about it. Wait, does that go for everybody or just paparazzi? Paparazzi. So not for Brittany. So Brittany no. can, of course, continue to do all of those things. Yes. That's fine. Okay. And if you thought this week is cold, get ready. Unbearable cold temperatures are moving in Sunday. Temperatures will stay in the low teens for at least a week. Damn. It's going to be brutally cold everywhere. You've been warned. <laughs> Eject. Where's the air raid siren? Are you are you are you done? Is that it? For the moment, you're gonna yeah. go out on that. <laughs> okay. And he's out. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and like that, he's gone. Tim Riley, greatest news man in the history of the world, back at four, five, six, and seven. All right. Uh, this email says, Rick, I have a feeling that Brittany, after a while, will sober up and make an incredible comeback. She'll become the poster child for all troubled entertainers. Then she will die in a plane crash or be killed by a drunk driver. End. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know. I'm done predicting. I, I have no. Say, this is probably the most disgusting Britney day I've ever heard on the show. Oh, dude. You, you guys, say, you, guys you, you saw, saw right? You saw, yes, the, I saw the pictures. It is filthy. Actually, I heard you guys talking about it at the <laughs> beginning of the show, and I had to, to rush over to what would Tyler Durden do to, to see what it was. Yeah. And it, it was filthy. You wish, really filthy. You wish you could unsee it. I had This is just a prelude. This is just a prelude of things to come. We don't have to do a thing, really. No, it's. I mean, all we have to do is sit and watch at this point. She is sort of like a living ant farm. You know what I mean? You just, you, where you just sort of, you know, you buy it and just sort of watch the life cycle of a star. So, uh. And occasionally shake it up a little bit. This email says, um, 
Rick, about TriMet. I like how TriMet has established an actual police station on the west side, but a, quote, conceptual police station <laughs> in southeast. It's a virtual police station. Not a real police station. <laughs> just a conceptual police they, station. They are changing from 45 to 60-watt bulbs, so now you can see who's killing you before that. <laughs> With less energy, too. Um, let's see. Um, Rick, uh, let's see. The, during the Tiger segment with Egg McCarthy, did you really use the phrase, these guys and a tiger? He said, I was totally waiting for you to say, it's the thrill of the fight. <laughs> uh, somebody, if we were, like, if we were the Steve Dahl morning show, we would totally do that. Three guys in a tiger. Wow. Um, Earlier, you guys were talking about uh, Steve Jones and the Sex Pistols. Yes. He uh, spit water on me once. Really? Yeah. Did you try to save it in a bottle really quickly? <laughs> like my no, no. He he was playing with a band called the Neurotic Boy Outsiders at La Luna. This is like in, gosh, 96, 97. It was Steve Jones of Sex Pistols, Duff McKagan, and Matt Storm of Guns N' Roses. Right, right. And John yeah. Taylor of yeah. Duran Duran. And uh, we saw him at Lua right up front. He took a big old swig of water and just spit it out right over. Literally, it's like he looked at me and spit. But in a weird like, way, I bet you were yeah. kind of happy because you told everybody about it. Was it, like, the rest of the night. <laughs> it was fantastic. Are you kidding me? All right. Uh, we have still inexplicably copies of The Ten, a laugh-out-loud <laughs> no. comedy with Jessica Alba and Paul Rudd to be giving away. And uh, Winona Ryder. And Winona Ryder. Uh, Is this a... Ten different stories. Yeah, ten commandments, ten stories, right. something. Uh, on sale January 26th from City Lights Home Entertainment. So, Richard, we're going to take caller number five, and we will attempt the same thing we did yesterday. Uh, we'll take caller number five, and we will ask you to correctly identify this celebrity as described by the Inquirer. And we'll take a break, and we'll do the calls on the other side. What celebrity was described by the Inquirer as having, quote, a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll start with caller. We'll do like five, six, and seven on the other side. Spears? It's not Britney Spears, is it? No, somebody, somebody said Rosie O'Donnell, too. Uh, all right. Uh, Court from Court and Fat Boy, Scott Dowley from Film People Radio. Uh, we'll be back on the other side with uh, more. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Nothing, Rick. Be serious. It's quite adorable, though. I know. I am not other people, Sarah. All right. Uh, the best part, though, uh, was my just, stomach. Oh, you just in a, my stomach. You were just on the phone, just now going. Well, I want to go to Fred Meyer and steal some food before the movie. I mean, <laughs> buy some food. What is that? I'm not gonna steal, but no, I'm, I meant to say snag, and instead of snag, I said steal. I don't steal food from Fred Meyer. <laughs> is there a particular Fred Meyer where you prefer don't to steal? steal? Food. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> What kind of food don't you steal, Sarah? What kind of food do you find is not easiest to steal? Okay. Big old box of jujubes, perhaps? <laughs> I don't like those. I love jujubes. I don't even think that's a real candy. I, I thought like that was going to pull out my They're delicious. Teeth. I thought that what? was a made-up candy, jujubes. They're little and gummy. They're I thought it was like bonbons. It no, was like no, a no. fake candy that bonbons didn't really exist. exist. What are bonbons? Bonbons are like little balls. Then <laughs> you just did the ball squeezing. Covered you just chocolate. made like the ball squeezing <laughs> motion with your hand. They're like cream balls. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> is it Friday? Dipped in chocolate. Uh, <laughs> Friday is my favorite day. Hi, uh, caller five. Hello. Howdy. Hey, uh, you're gonna you're up for a copy of the ten on DVD, Woo! a laugh out loud comedy starring Jessica uh, uh, Jessica Alba, uh, Winona Ryder, and Paul Ru uh, Rudd on uh, DVD, twenty sixth of January from City Lights Entertainment. If you can answer this, 
What celebrity was described by the Inquirer this week as having a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts? Well, I wanted to say Britney Spears to be funny, but then I realized I'm not. So you can say that about meatloaf and not really be insulting, right? What's going on in the background there? <laughs> Is there a monster taking the head off the Statue no, of Liberty in the background? Or? Three-year-old kid trying to beat me up. Okay, is your child is is meatloaf your answer? Um, if it's right, if not, then no. Okay, uh, we're gonna say that that's your answer, and then also that it's wrong. So sorry about that. It was John Travolta, wasn't it? All right, bye now. <laughs> wow, this movie does actually wow. sound pretty thrilling. All right, ten stories. A guy who becomes an accidental hero after falling out of a plane. A librarian who has a sexual awakening in Mexico with a swarthy local. Really? Justin Theroux? Justin Theroux's in this. He's the sexy local. I interviewed Justin Theroux once. Oh, he's my... There's my name drop for the day. He's my number one. What? Really? Wow. What yeah. do you mean? What, what, hold on, hold on, What do you mean you're number one? You mean he's most... number one hot guy. Most desired celebrity yeah. guy? You know who mine is? Interesting. Not my guy. My who is your number one most desired celebrity guy? <laughs> that sounded weird. Is it Johnny uh, Depp, like for me? Carla Gugino. I don't even know who that is. She was Marv's psychiatrist in Sin City. Oh, she's really hot. Oh. Yeah. Carla Gugino? Okay, yeah. at some point we have to do like our top five. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right. Uh, hello, who is this? This is Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Okay. You might win a copy of the 10, blah, 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 the 26, City Lights Entertainment. If you can tell me about what a celebrity the Inquirer said, he's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts. I want to say that would be Mr. Val Kilmer. No, everybody, that's like the third Val Kilmer we've gotten. No, Rick? sadly, no. Sorry Rick, about that. You know what? You can also see a woman who falls in love with and then steals a ventriloquist puppet, played by Winona Ryder. The puppet is played by Winona Ryder? No, the puppet she's oh. in love with. Rick, right. if you're ready, I mean, if you're looking, one more. If you're looking to get rid of this DVD, you should just give them, like, part of the answer. No. <laughs> be why when I can ring this out forever? <laughs> All right, hi, who's this? Steve. Steve, why does, why does Richie say on the screen here that your name is Jennifer? Uh, he took the wrong line, my man. What? He, he, he put me on the wrong line, I guess. Didn't even, I didn't go through All right, all right. Uh, final chance today, sir. About what celebrity did the National Enquirer say he's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts? Eminem. Well done. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. You win. Sarah, what does he win? Oh, a copy of the 10 featuring such stories as um, a husband who skips church with his family to get naked with his friends and listen to Roberta Flack. <laughs> really? Wow. That's my request. Lucky screening. you, Steve. Hooray. Oh, also, <laughs> do, do I have to watch it? Wife. Yeah, you have to. And you have to drive here to pick it up. We won't even mail it to you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will give you this information. And now, Sarah, I give the inquiry. Oh, no, you don't need that anymore. You got your subscription. Copy. Excellent. All right. Uh, Scott Daly, FilmFeverRadio.com. Oh, yes, we have a show up probably by, by 6 p.m. today. We uh, have our Cloverfield review, as well as more information on the Film Fever Radio Booyah Awards coming up on February 23rd at Sam's Billiards at 8 p.m. We Excellent. want everybody there. We have prizes galore and good times ahead. Rick and I will be there. Yes. Excellent. No, we absolutely will with bells on. Good. Um, good. 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 All right. Thanks, uh, thanks Sarah, for being there. Uh, let's see here. You're not Rick, while I believe the item you may have been linking Smith and Grant together with is the Place in This World song, Sarah was Googling Amy Grant's breasts while Smith was singing Looking for a Reason. I need to like to help me in my place in this world, not a lot to lean on. I don't understand what he's saying here. This is like a whole weird stream of consciousness email. Anyway, he does say, Rick, I do believe that Amy Grant's breasts are my place in this world. <laughs> the end. All right. Thank you. Uh, Chris, just, just bottom line it. Just okay. gonna and skip to the end. 
Uh, all right, we want to thank CNN radio correspondents Ed McCarthy, Bob Noodles, Costantini, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio, uh, in court from Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, join us on Monday when Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com will be in the studio with us. Uh, let's see. And something else. Are we doing something next week? It seems like there's something happening next week. I can't remember what it is. That doesn't matter. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio, uh, a proud part of the CBS Radio family in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Uh, the webmistress and the imagerist from upstairs is Bridget, and CBS Radio Portland marketing guru is Susan Reynolds. Uh, like us next, Don and Mike at 7, Car and Driver Radio tomorrow at 6 a.m., uh, Miles Around with Dennis Pitsenbarger 9 to 11, and uh, whatnot. Have a safe weekend. Uh, watch out for snakes. See you all on Monday. Bye now.